everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap. I am joined by the boys, uh, Michael Huber and Bradley Ellis. I will be your host, uh, Ben Moore, as we go through this Frame Trap. I I have Brad and Huber on a lot, and I'm always happy to have them on because I feel like these are just the chillest episodes ever. Um, some news dropped yesterday. I don't know if you guys talked about it on the podcast, but as as people who enjoy films, what do you think of this whole... HBO Max, everything coming out day and date on the streaming services and in the theater at the same time. I think given the situation, it's totally cool, totally fine, totally good. Mm -hmm. I am a theater enthusiast, but I understand the reality of the world situation right now. Right. So I'm totally cool with it. Um, The big one that for me, though, is Dune. Dune, I put in the same category as Tenant. Because it's a legendary filmmaker, Denis Denis Villeneuve, mm-hmm. uh, and that's just such a big tentpole IMAX movie. So that one kind of stings. It, that's the only one where I'm questioning, like, will I watch it on HBO or will I wait? I right. don't know. So, but everything else, like Conjuring at home, like, let's bundle up, man. I'm ready. <laughs> the big one for me, Huber, is uh, Godzilla versus Kong. That's another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah those. I guess maybe I'm not as invested, so I might watch that one at home. It depends on my investment. I just whether. feel like Godzilla versus King Kong, like you can't do that on a small screen, right? Hey, oh, like you you're so right. You're you right. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're right. You got any? You got any strong feelings on it, Brad? Oh, sure. Uh, usually, I hate going to the theater because mm-hmm. every time I go, someone ruins it. <laughs> but uh, there, I totally respect the movie theater experience. It, it is very different. It's like a Almost an event, you know, going right. to the movies, getting in there, you're settling in. It's it's very different. I would say like 98% of the movies, though, I'm just fine with watching at home. There yeah. is some movies I would want to see in the theater, of course, but most of the time it's okay for me. I feel like my feelings on this are uh, really clouded, um, and I think they're clouded because I spend all day, every day at home just because of the current yeah. situation. So, like, I'm like fiending to go to a theater. But mm-hmm. I, I am, like you said, Huber, I'm, a, I'm excited to have the option. Things yeah. are going to go this way anyway, inevitably. Mm-hmm. But I just, I think I'm craving the theater experience so much. And there are certain totally. things, like I think about the World of Warcraft movie, going to you guys, interviewing. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like that movie sucks. Like that's a shitty movie. But seeing it with you guys, it was an event and super enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I think just the, the social element of it, um, yeah, would be really would be yeah 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 missed and and obviously like theaters are still an option with this right like they're still going to show movies in theaters, I just think, you know, naturally extending that out, I I, I wonder if theaters are going to go away, like how soon that is, you know, maybe mm-hmm. that's too doom and gloomy, maybe that's not based in reality, but uh, I don't know, like if I ever have kids, like and a new Star Wars comes out and, like, the theater isn't an option. You know, just hypothetically spitballing yeah, here. Like, my heart would totally. be broken. My heart would be Same. broken. Yeah. Um, my most hyped is uh, In the Heights musical. What's that? Uh, uh, musical looks incredible. I, yeah, I have no it, idea where that is. Successful uh, Broadway. Thing. Dude, there's there's a lot next year that I'm really looking forward to. Suicide Squad, uh, Matrix, Halloween Kills. I wanted to hype up a movie to you that I think you will love. It came out on Amazon Amazon Prime last night. I was thinking of you. I want all I want to do is recommend this movie to Ben Moore. <laughs> Sound of Metal. In Sound of one Metal. Of my, I watched it last night. One of my is favorite it a documentary? movies. Documentary? 
No, uh, uh, not a documentary, not based on a true story, but it is it is about a metal drummer who loses his hearing. Oh wow! Oh jeez! It is incredible. I thought of you the whole step of the way, Ben. Nice. I think you will love that movie. Yeah, you're you're recommending it to me at a perfect time because like I always enjoy metal, but I am in a particular metal hole at the moment. And oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> man, I feel like when quarantine <laughs> is over, if it ever ends, there's so much I want to do. And right at the top of the list is like I miss live music so much. Like yeah, I'm. I feel like I'm gonna go on tour. Like just to, I got I got all of this like pent up energy. Um, that yeah. there's a lot, but anyway, uh, let's get into the games. Uh, Huber, you were saying before the podcast, you got a big, uh, big weight off your shoulders. Got that Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War review out there. Oh. You just oh, seem so free. relaxed and at ease. But tell me about the yeah. game. You're, you're a big Call of Duty fan. What do you think? Yeah. Um, interesting place this year for the franchise because of one, because of Warzone and two, because free-to-play is so standard now. Right. You know, these games that are free and that last for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if it would serve Call of Duty to adopt that model and maybe just charge for campaigns, campaign mm. add-ons or something. Because this year, it just felt a little muddled, a little like overlap with Modern Warfare, with Warzone. Yeah. Um, it just, I, I like this call of duty, but it just more than ever. I, I, and I say this, you know, that, that this has been an annual franchise for 15 years. Yeah. For 15 years straight, a call of duty has come out every mm. single year, but this year specifically feels a little unnecessary. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, surrounding modern warfare and black ops for Huber, kind of the, the thing that we went back to as a point of praise for call of duty is that you get so much, right? So mm-hmm. you potentially get a pick campaign, you get multiplayer with a ton of modes, you get, you know, something like zombies or, or Warzone or whatever. It's just the, the, the strength of call of duty is, uh, it's variety. And, at a certain point, I also feel like it works against it, and I'm really feeling it with Cold War here because it's like, <laughs> man, the part that I'm most excited about is zombies, and it's good, it's super fun, but it's just one map, and it's just I like know. you're just like, man, I wonder, I wonder <laughs> if like Call of Duty is getting into a point where they're not totally pleasing everybody, and it's like nothing is strictly bad, but nothing is as good as it could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just having one map in zombies was was really a big blow to the whole package because so many of the modes of multiplayer, you know, team deathmatch, domination, hardpoint, kill confirmed, you can just play in modern warfare if you've been doing that. Obviously, there's Warzone, which is free to play. But yeah, zombies just having one map, like when you escape or when you figure out all the secrets, you know, there's not much mm-hmm. to get invested in. Right. Um, but as for the campaign, I really liked, we'll switch, uh, switch over to the campaign really quick. Yeah. I, I really liked it. It's in between black ops one and two. Um, and there's an emphasis on choice, mm-hmm. like decision-making, um, you know, just dialogue options, like talking to people, uh, just straight away in the, one of the earliest stages, you catch up to someone and you can throw them off the building, 
<laughs> let them go or capture them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that has kind of like different outcomes. But when it was all said and done, it really just comes down to like one or two big decisions at the very end of the game that change the ending. Yeah. So like as a whole, all these ideas didn't really amount to much other than those last couple choices, which disappointed me. Yeah, it's funny, Huber, because I'm I'm not finished with the campaign, but I'm sort of, I feel like, in the same space where you are, where there, there's a lot of really interesting ideas here. Um, yeah. And, like, as you're going through the missions or having missions where it's like, hey, you can do this, but it'd be better if you gathered intel. And it's like, you you... I think when you're in the missions themselves, it's like, okay, I want to look around a little bit more. I want to make sure I find everything so mm-hmm. I can do everything. And just that sense of, like, not just strictly rushing through yes. uh, is is valuable, I think. And just the, the, the way they try to mix it up where it's like, okay, we're really going to focus on stealth here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think those are all very strong ideas. Um, but as I'm going through, it's like, well, the stealth isn't really, like, that advanced or interesting or unique or there's no really twist on it or like when you're going through and your ai companion is just like standing there not doing anything it's like it's like good ideas that i feel like are kind of jammed into this old style in a weird way and it's it's almost like it's like it just needs like you said like a pause and a reinvention and like they just need to go for it in a way that i i think this yearly release is not allowing them to do i completely agree like it excites me the idea that they they like doubled down on this idea because i loved this idea like it put me into the the world more uh you constantly go back to your safe house Mm -hmm. and all your teammates are there and you can talk to them have conversations just really slow things down get into the world there's the big evidence board which are all your missions and you can examine evidence there's like a ton of backstory there the side missions are such a cool idea. There's two of them, just two, but they're so important, so meaningful because it's all about like Cold War spy stuff. Yeah. So it's like, yo, we can try to like bring these people down now, but we don't really know who their spies are. So even if we get this person, like those spies are going to get free and it's not really going to do much. We should like investigate further. Yeah. So it's like, okay, let me put those on hold. Let me go gather evidence in the other stages and then when you get the evidence, it's like freaking Zodiac style. Yeah. You have to like decode <laughs> this cipher. It's so cool. It's randomized for everyone too. So you can't really look it up. You can look up maybe how to solve it, I think. But the code itself is randomized. Uh, but it's just a really cool like kind of breaking the for- fourth wall. Is that the term? Third wall? Fourth, fourth wall? wall. Fourth wall. Yeah. It's kind of breaking the fourth wall. It's like, I was like taking notes. I was like, okay, wait, let me do these numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Just some really cool ideas. Yeah. It's a very, very active uh, form of storytelling. And I think by, by leaning into kind of this espionage aspect, like you were saying, you get all this Intel and you get all this stuff to read through. And, there's so many games where you just like hit a point where you're like, I, I, I just, I don't care. Like you're not giving me <laughs> enough, but I felt like at least some of the time reading through the stuff in Cold War is like, oh, that's really interesting. Or like, that's really illuminating this aspect that you're referring to, or like, this is who this guy is, or this is the organization. Like it just fit with the theme so well that it made like putting the puzzle pieces together super, super fun. Totally. Yeah. Love it. 
yeah so the campaign cool there's there's one ex- exceptional mission I, I didn't even bring it up in the review i don't want to spoil it mm. but there is one there's always got to be one great one and there's a really really cool mission nice uh later on um but yeah then just multiplayer um you know doesn't reinvent the wheel make some small changes like the mini map is back that was different in modern warfare um there's unlimited sprint um you know and then just the loadout score streaks all that little little changes here and there uh just hasn't reinvented the wheel i really like the maps though brad and i played a little bit Mm -hmm. uh brad dude that satellite map is seriously my favorite usually i'm not a big fan of desert maps uh but there's a desert map ben and -hmm. there's all these kind of dunes which are really cool you know because there's like varying heights so people are kind of covering or not or laying down and they're sniping or just running through the dunes but then there's like these outskirts of these kind of just small cave areas so people are like coming in knifing people sniping from there just some really cool maps i really really like the maps of of cold war i don't know how the professionals are feeling about the maps uh you know everyone engages with call of duty differently you know, you you put it down for five years and you come back or you play every single year dedicatedly. Uh, but just as someone who dabbles every year, I did like the maps. Um, when you say desert map, I immediately think of, I think it was Battlefield 1 mm-hmm, at a desert mm-hmm. map that I super don't remember liking because yeah. it was just like, like Battlefield, chaos is king and that is often manifests itself in a good way. But that, it just felt like, like such a clusterfuck. Totally. That map. There's like that town kind of in the yeah. middle, like those buildings. Um, but I've I've actually played some, not very much, but a little bit of uh, multiplayer, and I played some during the beta as well. Mm-hmm. And I I think ultimately the way that I came out of it is the same way that I I I often feel like I come out of new Call of Duties is like I feel like I've played this before, mm-hmm. in like not in a bad way. Like it, it, it's definitely if you're in the right mood, it's something that you can slip into and have a good time with. It's not that there isn't any joy there, but mm-hmm. man, I just go back to kind of the, the earlier days of like Modern Warfare 1 and, and Modern Warfare 2 um, and, and World of War and Black Ops and just this sense of like, this is a totally new way to approach, you know, multiplayer shooting in, in a way that was exciting <laughs> and, and different mm-hmm. and just like how crazy loadouts were and perks and all that stuff that is just like so... Remember Such when aiming down the sights was a new yeah. thing? <laughs> yeah, and it's just, like, I've dedicated... Throughout the course of my life, I've done so much of that and gotten so much out of it, but I don't know. It's just this sense of, like, here we go again that I really mm-hmm. wish it could get away from. And I think it mm-hmm. has to some degree, right? I think Modern Warfare especially was successful with that, with Warzone. Um, so I don't, I don't think that's strictly the case, but I think when it comes to, like, the core multiplayer... Mm-hmm. It's just not enough anymore, man. Like it's it's just like it's it's hard to get excited about, I guess. Totally. I'm with you there. I do love the familiarity. I love the comforting blanket of Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my double XP Mountain Dew launch month is uh kind of a ritual that I'm that I'm still into. Right. But there was a lack of energy this year, and I don't know if that's because there's new consoles. And, you know, new, 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 new shiny things. Oh, familiar Call of Duty. Or like I was saying earlier, it's just so many live games competing for your time. Uh, 
you know, either that are free to play or like I still haven't played World of Warcraft. There's just so much competing for your time. Call of Duty just felt redundant this year. Well, you, you talk about you talk about those um, other games that are competing for your time. And I think, you know, obviously there's the 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 price difference, uh, which you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it goes beyond that. Right. Where like I, I think about <clears throat> Destiny and, you know, Destiny certainly has its own share of problems, but it's like comparing it to like Call of Duty every year, you get like this giant you know, universe that you can explore with your friends. You can get wrapped up in a, in a gigantic story that's constantly ongoing. You know, mm-hmm. there's raids with individual mechanics that you have to figure out and, and communicate with people with. And there's also competitive multiplayer. Yeah. Um, or, you know, the same could be said for like Warframe or like Dead by Daylight. It is just something that I've been wrapped up in that is constantly yeah. evolving and changing. And, I think that's the thing with Call of Duty is it doesn't feel like it's evolving or changing. It's like just reconfiguring the same parts over and over and over again. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and just having to buy in every year hurts. It's like Warzone's Warzone's free. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Zombies has one map. <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you charging me $60 for? I guess like new guns to invest in but you know even your progression carries over into cold war from yeah. modern warfare so it's like i didn't even get to like watch my numbers go up as much as i want you know yeah. like the, i i like starting at level one and like mm-hmm. you know that's always fun when a new call of duty comes out night one everyone is level one you see the person that's already level 43 the game's been out for like four you know that's exciting and this just like it was so muddied you know it was already so blurry like from minute one logging in it's like oh i'm already like almost prestiged yeah like that that excitement of the the dopamine and the chasing of the xp and the numbers like that was missing this year well i i think like zombies has the right ingredients right where um it's I think just within a match, it's really fun punk a, pack of punching your weapon and seeing pack that progression and getting the perks <laughs> and then the fear of losing them when you go down, mm-hmm. um, piecing together the story, like all the secrets to find, like yeah. it, it's got all the right ingredients. It's just, it feels like it's kind of offering us the same amount that it is like it's it's like very portion controlled and i just yeah. want them to like go nuts like i, I exactly. want like way more i want it to change i want it to feel rapid you know and it's like i'd be willing to sacrifice other things for that but it just feels like with this this strict structure that they're trying it just feels underserved yeah perfect perfectly said yes if it wasn't every year 60 dollars right like you could you could piecemeal it, I guess. You right. know, if you went if you adopted maybe like a, that's okay if it's seasons, I guess I'm trying to say. Um, or if you're free to play, you know, you have your content updates. But every year for sixty bucks and you're gonna give one zombies map, that just that doesn't sit right, right. with me. I, I think about like Apex Legends, right? Um you know, sadly like Titanfall two didn't didn't really get the recognition it deserved, but you know, 
rather than just like trying the exact same thing again, it's like here's this free to play thing in this world. It's in a, you know, saturated genre, but it's it's doing so much different and pushing things so hard that it was able to grab attention. Like I don't know. I, I, I feel like zombies could do that. I think people like zombies. I think people have mm-hmm. liked zombies forever. I think it really has like it's cornered that market. It's just not serving that audience enough. And I, totally. I, I think, yeah, could, what if you're super into zombies and then yeah. you have to buy the $60 for one map? Like, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's what happens with Call of Duty, right? Like you talked about that yeah. launch month, like you play it, you have your fun with it. That fun is limited and then you move on mm-hmm. and it's fine. It just feels like it could be so much more. For sure. Do you guys, would you guys want it or do you think it will ever go? the apex Fortnite route of we are just now call of duty live service game mm-hmm. uh you know if we do a campaign every year maybe we charge you 20 dollars for that but you know we start selling skins mm-hmm. instead of 60 dollars. or 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 what if they go subscription based because Fortnite just did a subscription thing do you think Call of Duty could ever do that where they charge you like five bucks a month and you're in you're in Call of Duty? Because then they're still getting the $60 a year from you. That's what it comes down to. They want your 60 bucks every year. I mean, they're, they're already they're already doing it. I mean, it's just a numbers game, right? So for all the complaining and like hand wringing and like lamenting <laughs> that it could be more, I, I it seems like Call of Duty is still doing exceptionally well. And they're already doing a lot of what you're saying, right, with Warzone. Like, there's yeah, there's already true. so much they're more They're getting money. it all. Yeah, they're just getting it all. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, that's that's the, the beginning and the end of the conversation is they're yeah. getting it all, getting so it none all. of this matters. They're yeah. going to yeah. keep doing it. Yeah. And to it's their working. defense, the quality is still there. There were some connection issues, but, like, end of the day... It's a sound game. The game, is, mm-hmm. the game is good. The game works. The game is good. Well, connection issues, <laughs> boring that. But the game is really good. So, I mean, I feel like it's yeah. sort of like occupying the same territory that Madden is, where it's like yeah. you get it because it's comforting and you you know yep. what you're getting, and it's just been around so long. It, mm-hmm. I don't know. Completely, perfectly. But that's that's the beauty of it too. Yeah. It's like, you know, Ben, one of these years, you know, one of these times you're gonna you're gonna obsess over a Call of Duty. You're gonna be like, dude, it's been too long. I'm hopping in. Diving in. I don't know, man. I don't know. I I keep When's the last time you were? The, I don't know if How I long has it been? I don't you know. Too, the right? last Same time question. that I was obsessed. It's so hard because I think just the nature of this job makes it yeah, yeah. Hard harder for Gotta that keep to, going. to happen yeah um but i think like before i was doing this job like i really liked black ops 2 nice. um but that was, that feels like forever ago um yeah. but beyond that i don't know um yeah okay how about you brad last oh, time you last got time really I'm obsessed with call of duty it was call of duty 2 2 i knew you were gonna say and that. like so that, was kind of, that was kind of it yeah that was it for me <laughs> yeah. played four a little bit had fun with it thought it was great but just didn't stick with it yeah call like i've been on like out of call of duty the longest out of all of you guys i don't i'm cool with not checking it i'm all right i'm good (laughs) man i just i kind of missed the modern warfare two days where it was like all my friends are playing this all the time like we're all in there it like if friends are playing anything yeah for sure great friends for sure but yeah 
Th- that's but that's the main reason I always got into Battlefield a little more than Call of Duty. Because mm-hmm. Call of Duty, it's so much harder to like stay with your friends. Yeah. You know, you're in a death match with your friends. You're all just running, running around mm-hmm. shooting. Battlefield, at least it's like, yo, Brad, get in the tank. Let's yeah. go. Some sort of teamwork. It feels like yeah. more. Yeah. Battle, Battlefield felt like it it would allow you to have those moments a little bit more, like yeah. frantically trying to get to like a chopper or something, or like <laughs> yeah. barely taking over a point. Like there's so many good stories that come out of it. Whereas Call of Duty, a lot of times it's like, what are you going to say to each other? Like how you got shot in the back again? You know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> so many yeah. times shot in the back. Yeah, yeah. spawn dead. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm dead. Um, spawn dead. I've been very busy with other things, but I have taken a little bit of time to dive into uh miles morales review copy provided by playstation um brad i know you finished it here mm-hmm. i know you're waiting off uh i'm not waiting gonna on my christmas tree this sunday yeah not gonna spoil any of the story whatsoever <laughs> but um man miles morales is really interesting for me because i i love it i've had some problems on ps5 can't Damn, tell if it's miles PS5. morales problems or ps5 problems but just like crashes freezing up that sort of thing has been frustrating. But when everything is working, like, <laughs> it's really not that different, right, from Spider-Man no. 2018. But, like, I don't care because it just it's does so good. It just does everything so well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, every fight that I'm getting into, uh, every secret that I'm chasing after, like, you know, I think reviewers, the the thing that you tend to do is... You just say like, oh, you know, like there are just these collectibles all over the map or just like the side quests start to wear thin. And I think like to some degree, all of that is super true about Miles Morales, but it's really the power of focusing on how you accomplish something, not actually what you're accomplishing, where like if you make movement fun enough, I'm willing to do anything. I'm willing to go on like every single dot that you have on your map and Boy, when you're when you're doing, I forget exactly what it's called, but like that zip shot, and you're just like zipping mm-hmm. from, you're just shooting from, you're not swinging, but you're just shooting from point to point, leaping off, flying through the air, doing tricks in the air. It's like that is so much fun in and of itself that like it doesn't matter if I'm just essentially chasing dots. It's 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 awesome, and I, that applies to combat as well. Yeah. Like the animation. B- before you go into unreal. before you go into before you go into combat, Ben, I'm a hyperbolic human. Yeah, but like you were saying. Zipping around is honestly one of my favorite feelings in all of video games. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. And like I I was playing the Batman games recently and the movement there is great too. But there's just a fluidity in Spider-Man that is like mm-hmm. un, unreal. And it's – I think like when I think about like Batman um, – there's just, there's just things that you do i guess that like aren't quite as fun like I, I don't think like driving around is quite as fun or like um climbing around on things is quite as fun like it's it's all about like the diving and the gliding up and it's like yeah. this you have like a pocket that is like exceptional whereas in spider-man pretty much any way that you're moving is is like equally as amazing as anything else like whether you're running straight up a building that's incredible (laughs) yeah whether you're zipping from point to point whether you're swinging like all of that stuff is just fantastic i think just spider-man as a character he has you know that agility yeah that batman doesn't have yeah you get to do a bunch of cool random things like that yeah totally i do think that is inherent in the character you're absolutely right and i i'm not trying to slam batman i'm just oh i know you're not i think it just 
I think they're it just the two plays best superhero games. They it will plays always to Spider-Man's strengths. You know, <laughs> if you're in a game where you're playing as a superhero who can do that stuff, you need to really nail that feeling of it. Right, and I think that is what Exomniac has done so exceptionally well. Is I, I think, and not specifically referring to Batman here, but I think sometimes when people get other licenses, they don't really lean into the character as well as they could have. And I feel like they leaned into and made possible all of like Spider-Man's craziness. Um, and the combat, like you really think about the combat, right? And, and the fundamentals of it are stuff that you see in every other game. It's like, you know, perfect dodging at just the right moment. You'll get a bonus or like, you know, you build up a, a finisher that you can do and you have super moves that you can do. It's, it's, it's just like a lot of like dodging and countering and punching and, and traversal and, and all that stuff. But like when you're actually piecing it all together, the speed at which it moves and mm. the animation make it feel so distinct and how much is going on. And like the fact that you can like knock somebody up in the air, punch them and then like grab them with web and like swing them around in a circle mm -hmm. uh, or, or like sh grab a guy's gun and just like use it to like whip around and beat all these other guys. Like it's just such an extreme spectacle that it is so, so, so much fun. I think what helps that is that everything is so fluid and quick to do. Yeah. Like you don't spend any time really setting something up. Mm -hmm. You don't go like, okay, I got to move here, knock this guy up here to have this other guy do this thing. Everything in Sprite Man is just kind of like, Boom, 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 boom at a very nice pace. Yeah. Uh, to counter that, it's actually made me not want to do stealth as much because I feel like when I go full stealth, it's a lot of like just watching these kind of long animations just play waiting, out over and yeah. over again. Or it's like, okay, I hit the button and then he shoots the web and he sticks him up here. I, I think I kind of missed like the frenetic. I think just the frenetic nature of going all out is way more fun. And I'm just, yeah. I'm like a stealth person by nature. Like I enjoy sneaking around and getting through an area unseen. Like that's really satisfying to me, but here it's the opposite. Like I'm having way more fun. I, just, I, I agree. I think it's just because they made Spider-Man so capable. Right. Stealth doesn't feel as necessary. When I think about like Batman, you know, <laughs> You don't, Guns you don't get, st you get shot. You out. You're, like, yeah. you're like dead, yeah, dude. Exactly. Yeah. But in Spider-Man, you have so many <laughs> options and ways to deal with things. Like with the cloaking, your cloak or whatever. Right. It's like you're you're like good. Yeah. You're good the whole time. <laughs> Man, and just like the venom oh, powers so just bad. like slamming down on the ground. Yeah. Wait. Um. Wait. I think the characterization is also very very strong. I mean, again, this you could say the same thing about Spider-Man 2018, but like. Miles is just incredibly likable, like just mm -hmm. throwing out puns and then making fun of himself with how bad those puns are. Um, but just kind of the inherent awkwardness of it. I mean, it's like that's what's appealing about Spider-Man, right, is Spider-Man kind of feels like you if he had superpowers. And they always do such a good job of that. Like Peter Parker is a huge part, I think, of why Spider-Man is, is so enjoyable. And that's true of Miles here where he just like he feels like somebody that you can hang out with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an easy thing to say. And I think it's immediately recognizable, but it needs to it's be important. noted. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yep. It's so yep. it's so essential for sure. Um, But yeah, I really like it. It's. It's so frustrating, though, man, where it's like, it's one of those games that's so good, but I feel like I don't have that much to say about it at the end of the day, where it's just like... More Spider-Man. Yeah, it's just immediately enjoyable. It is more Spider-Man, but it's great. Yes. 
Yeah. Like, what I talked about a while ago when I talked about it on Freight Trap, it's like 1.5 to me. Yeah. You know? It's just a little bit more, a little a little advanced, I guess, compared to the first game, but it's not like that huge sequel leap. Right. Like still the great. Witcher, Blood and Wine, or Hearts of Stone. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, that's one of the best expansions I've like, ever played. <laughs> but just, Maybe. like, more of greatness, mm-hmm. yeah. I guess I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure, more, yeah. I think... Man, I think something that, that maybe Batman does a little bit better that I would perhaps like to see in future Spider-Man games is, you know, you mentioned being so capable, uh, Brad, and that's that's totally true. Like, you really have so many tools at your disposal and so many ways to just completely dismantle enemies. It it makes upgrading a little less fun. Like, mm-hmm. even even on harder difficulties. A lot of upgrades are, I was like, uh, yeah. well, it that doesn't feel too substantial. Well, it's, it's not even that, like, the... The, the new tools that you get or the upgrades, like, aren't good. It's just you don't need them because you already have so much. And I mm-hmm. think, I don't know. I, I think you need to find a line between, like, making you feel like a superhero and making you really get excited about upgrading or, like, the new suits that you're getting or, or the new mm-hmm. skills that you're slotting into things. It's just, like... I'm doing it because playing it is so much fun, not because it's like, oh man, this is going to completely change the way that right. I play. But uh, Brad, I'm actually the most interested in talking about this game out of any of them. I just haven't had any time to check it out, uh, but I'm super, super curious about it because I know almost nothing about it. Uh, but it's been getting good reviews, and that is Immortals Phoenix Rising. Yeah. Rising. Uh, I've only gotten to play like three and a half hours of this game. Mm-hmm. But it is, this has been used to death, but it is the Assassin's Creed slash Breath of the Wild kind of game. Mm-hmm. And it, like, really is. It Like, the stuff you do in it, there's, like, the I shrines. saw some side-by-sides, Brad, that were just, Yeah, there's, like, wow. the shrines. You know, you get an <laughs> item from the shrine at the end. You use it to upgrade, like, your stamina or something. So when you say shrines, is it, like, you solve a little puzzle? Yes. Okay. There's, com- there's, like, combat shrines. It's, like, you go in this area, there's a puzzle here. You get through it to the end, or there's like a boss challenge, something like that. Yeah, it's very much like what you'd expect when I say shrines to you. Okay. Are, they, are they good puzzles? Yeah, they're fun. Nice. Like, I'm pretty early still, but some of them have been fun. Like, I've been enjoying doing them. Mm. Awesome. Or if I see one on the map, I'm like, oh, I want to do that. I'm going to check that out. <laughs> cool. And I've been playing on the hardest difficulty available. Nice. I think there's five in total, and one of them's locked, or it was when I started. Cool. Because I was like, man, Love I really... That. I'm really sick of playing a lot of these open world games where I just feel like nothing is a challenge at a point and I'm just like mindlessly killing everybody. I was like, dude, I really need everything to feel more substantial. Every victory to really feel like I've earned something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really helped me enjoy this game. Well, I'm like, I've run into several instances where I've been like, oh shit, I'm going to come back later and do this kind of thing. Love yeah. I'm dead in like a hit. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll come back later. Nice. But uh, it's got... I'm, I'm gonna bring Breath of the Wild again just because it's so easy to relate to. Is the climbing is like the same, mm-hmm. you know? You're gliding around. You got like wings instead of your paraglider. It's very similar. Uh, you do have two different weapons though at the same time. You have a sword and an axe. They don't break. They're just there the whole time. But you know, the axe is great for cleave damage and breaking an enemy's poise meter. I guess I would say. And uh, swords, you know, quick and fast. Got your bow and all that stuff. Very. You know, you've played a Ubisoft open world game. You know what to expect. 
Big question. Tons of stuff. What? Is there player housing? No. Is there a hub? Yes. Well, there's like a there's like a base you go back to where all your upgrade stuff is. Is it cool? Yeah, it's fine. Cozy? Uh, yeah, pretty cozy. Okay. It's not like I'm chilling at like a, a log cabin in the snow cozy. It's not like Terrytown like uh, no, or no, Hitano no, no, no. Village. No, cozy. it's not like Zelda cozy at all. Okay. It's very it's very different. It like looks different than a lot of Ubisoft games though. It has like a cell shaded look. It's uh my biggest problem with this game is its tone and its writing, I guess. Mm. I don't mind lighthearted tone. This game's very lighthearted. But the humor man is just like not good. I just do not enjoy it. I know I'm very harsh on games like this with this kind of humor. Right. But it's just like, they go into it a lot, you know? Like, with a lot of the dialogue, trying to be funny about a lot of stuff. Like, to me, in my head, it's just like comedy misfires everywhere. But Is it cringy? I don't know if I cringe. I don't know if I, like, cringed at anything <laughs> in a long time. I'm like, ugh. Is it's it just like... Compared I'm to Sunset like, Overdrive. I, oh, Sunset Overdrive. It's like kind of somewhere i'm like oh that's a dumb kind of okay, moments like okay. that i'm like <laughs> i'm like numbing out the like the story and writing in my head i'm just like yeah i'm just gonna skip all this but the world is super cool actually all the areas look really different there's like this your hub humor it's the breath of the wild shot where you can see like everything like some lava mountain back there and like a frost area i'm like oh this is cool i can actually see everything nice but all the areas are super different vibes and everything but like I said, I haven't been in it too long, but I I was playing it and I had this sense of like, man, I want to keep exploring and finding things. Mm. That's a great feeling. Like, it's not Breath of the Wild in the sense of you'll stumble upon something randomly. Because this game, one thing I don't like about it either is to put everything on your map, you just go in like a first person mode and you kind of hover over things and push R2 and it'll like put up a little indicator there. Like, there's a chest here. Mm. So I just found myself spending like 10 minutes on top of a tall hill, just circling the whole map, just like bing, 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 bing. I'm like, man, you got to really make this somehow better. Mm. We're not the entire maps littered. I need to like walk onto something and find like, oh, that, this is sick. Or that Ghost of Tsushima wind. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, the wind's kind of cool, but like, it's not like you go in a tower and unlock the whole map. So I'm at least thankful for that. Man, I feel like it's just I was so excited to hear about this game because it was like getting some buzz of like, hey, this is this is kind of like, you know, not getting enough attention. And I just seem really curious. But the way that you're describing it, like, I feel like I've I've already played it, you know, just like, mm-hmm. man, that that yeah. Ubisoft open world style. Yeah. It's it's hard it's like, to. Yeah, it's definitely Ubisoft open style it feels a little different mm. i don't know how like much more dramatically it'll change for me but it's definitely a blend of breath of the wild and uh assess Creed. but it's to me it hasn't done anything as good as zelda yet well the thing man the real thing about breath of the wild is you know i, I definitely do think you can boil it down talking mm-hmm. about like the shrines or you know the divine beasts or whatever and it, it certainly has like a formula but i think what makes breath of the wild so exciting are those moments where you just kind of see something and chase after it or you get into a situation and then it completely subverts your expectation with mm-hmm. ubisoft open world it's it's always like okay here's what this activity is here's how you do it and now you're going to do it a hundred times you know that it's, sure. it's that problem like, 
there's a few instances where it did something, I guess, a little different. Like, I went to a chest on the map, and it was only available at night or something. And I rested to, like, go to night, and there was a bunch of enemies there I had to defeat. I was like, okay, that's something a little different, I guess. Yeah. There's the uh, the arrow slowdown, like the, the remote control arrow, Huber, that you know so well. That's in there. So you, like, shoot the, the arrow, and it goes through, like, little, you guide it through, like, little obstacles and stuff like that. There's a few things like that, but I definitely want to see more, Ben. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm like, okay, I need to see I need to see this keep going. I kind of like what's here, but I need to see more. Right. Did you guys play Valhalla yet? No. I have played just the very, 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 very beginning, so not really, no. Got it. Yeah. Um, this combat's much more like arcade-y, I guess, than Valhalla, you know? Mm. It's easy to jump in the air, do air combos and stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah, Valhalla is uh, pretty deliberate. Yeah. Like, stand your ground. Gah. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> I, I, I want to give it a fair shake. I don't know if I'll see all of Valhalla, but I yeah. want to give it a fair shake at some point. Yeah. But yeah, I'm enjoying my time with this. I like being in this world, which I think is a huge a huge point of open world games where I feel like I actually want to see everything that's going on here. I feel like I need to get my hands on it, Brad, to yes. really make a, a, a so, final opinion. But the I feel like you need to play a few hours of this game to really... sure. Because the beginning is like you're in a little tiny area. They're trying to do like the Great Plateau kind of thing. Right. You're in a little tiny area. Then it'll like actually start and you'll get idea what's going on. Because the, the style of it so far has not grabbed me. There's something about like the faces and, and like the brightness of the colors <laughs> that I just hasn't, sure. hasn't gelled with me. But maybe within the context of playing it and the world, it, mm-hmm. it fares a little bit better. Yeah, but I think, you can make your own character too, Ben. Oh, so that neat, might help. Neat. I know you like doing that. Yeah, but um, I didn't yeah. know that shit. Yeah, and you could cool. change it eventually at a point anytime you want. Cool. Yeah, I installed it, but bunch uh, of armor sets and stuff like that. You know. Yeah. What I do like about the armor in this game is it's not like you get a piece of armor and it's plus one, whatever, and strength or something compared to what you have. Uh-huh. They are all just kind of like a different passive effect. Uh-huh. There's like set bonuses, but you go back to your hub to upgrade your armor like all the way around. Mm. So you could kind of switch between sets on the fly. And they look oh, nice. pretty different too, which I've been really happy about. And there's definitely been instances where I was like, oh, this set would be much better at this specific point. Mm. That's cool. I want to circle back around to the, the humor that you were talking about because you mentioned it just like being a comedic misfires. Like, uh, can you can you provide some context for that? Is it well, like so like when you're playing the game, the whole game, like when you're playing through the game is like Prometheus is telling this story or like talking about who you are to Zeus. Mm-hmm. So everything you're doing in the game, like every story beat, they're kind of commentating on what's going on. But it's just like again and again and again and the hu- like I don't know like how to describe it I can't think of like specific moments but like there's a lot of jokes in the game and they just don't really land for me mm. I think like the, the transitions between jokes isn't like smooth like a lot of it to me is timing and delivery mm-hmm. and it's like you know I don't think video games have nailed that in a lot of instances yet mm. where it just feels good and natural mm. I was just thinking about that yesterday Brad that's so funny of when someone is talking at a video game and the uh, the other person cuts them off but the person mm-hmm. always talking stops stops talking and yeah. then the person interjects like they don't have that like talking like i do like how i talk over you and you know <laughs> jump in on you guys mm-hmm. like they haven't they haven't nailed that it's funny 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, Zeus is, like, talking about, oh, I need to get back in shape when you're, like, lifting weights to get better stamina. I'm just like, okay, you know. It's all right. Like, it doesn't offend me in any way, but mm-hmm. no you're way You're not laughing. I'm... No. No. Not even close. I'm never like, haha. <laughs> not even, like, thinking, like, oh, that's cute in my mind or anything like that. Yeah. I'm just like, eh. 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 <laughs> Let me go back out in the world and just explore. Yeah, man, that's such a shame. Um, yeah, there's... that... that dehyped me a little bit <laughs> like, that's shit. there's another yeah game we're gonna talk about i didn't know about. that game was like that either when i yeah. started playing but after like five minutes in i was like oh shit this is gonna <laughs> be the thing throughout the whole game and so far it is crap there's another game that we're gonna talk about a little bit later on where like i am the story there is definitely a story and i am you might as well just cut it out like that's mm-hmm. how worthless it feels and Man, you really don't necessarily need world class storytelling or humor or or anything, but you just need like having just one little thing to latch onto can do so much. I guess like the thing is at the beginning, like you're with people and everyone gets turned to stone, so you have kind of this mission to rescue people and stuff like that. Like that's some driving force for your main character. Spyro, you know, yeah, this guy's trying to like get the Titans out, and you're trying to stop him and all that stuff. So if you like Greek mythology. Like, you'll probably be into the idea of the story, but I just don't think the delivery is that great. You know, you mentioned Spyro, and, like, the humor is just so goofy in that, but at least it's, like, in and out. Like, yeah. the dragons say their little thing, and then you boom, you're moving. Yep. You're moving. Yep. doesn't get in yep. your way. Yeah. There's a lot of cutscenes. <laughs> uh, Quite a bit of dialogue. I uh, Before you transition, Valhalla 2 has a lot of comedy that i was not expecting that's but weird it's, but it's dark comedy oh it's like bleak humor it's pretty it's uh, there were times when i was like shocked that i was laughing <laughs> i was like i was not expecting this mm. like pretty they're going pretty for sta- shock value comedy yeah but it's a very serious game but like some of the side missions you get into have that sense of humor so i wonder if that's like a, a trend at Ubisoft or if it's yeah. just a coincidence, or, yeah. but, it, but it's interesting. There's a lot, there's a lot I more will, humor. I will say this about this game. It's not total whiplash all over the place. Yeah. Like constant throughout. Uh, you mentioned Assassin's Creed Huber and I think about Odyssey um, and how like, I kind of thought the overarching story was pretty dumb in Odyssey, but Cassandra was so much fun to watch interact with people <laughs> That it like it like kind of didn't matter. It was like mm. you you just your 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 quips or your comebacks or just you know th- there was a charisma there that I think mm-hmm. kept you engaged. And man, that can just give you so much for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. She carried that game. For yeah, me. my goodness, she really did carry that <laughs> game. Um, Huber, I'm gonna strap you in the hot seat. Uh, I don't oh, think you guys shit. are familiar with this this new game that we're doing. It's called One Sentence. And uh, so like the title describes, Huber, you, I'm going to put you in front of a big video game company, okay? Big video game company, and you get to say a maximum of 10 words to them. So it's like, you know, the CEO clearing out the schedule, slotting you in at the last minute, okay? I'm going to put you in front of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm specifically focusing on <laughs> Blizzard here, the Blizzard side of things, not the Activision side of things, purposefully. Uh, you get to say a maximum of 10 words to Blizzard to try to pivot them in a certain way. What are you going to say? Of course, you have some time to think about it. 
please don't make Alliance and Horde <laughs> team up anymore. Nine words there, I think. Well, yep. that's not going to happen. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. I'm sick of it. I don't want it. Well, <laughs> sorry, dude. <laughs> I feel like that just happens so much. It's it so like time. it's the same thing every time. Yeah. Like we're gonna fight. Oh, there's a bigger threat. We need to team yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm so it's so tired. Well, it is the, the most tired thing. I think that's the problem though when you have an MMO. <laughs> yeah. Because they're not gonna make separate raid bosses or raids, I guess, period, all together for each faction, because that's way too much work. Yeah. yeah. There has to be some threat for players to unite against. Like, like yeah. I get it though. Yeah, and that's the thing is I, I totally I totally get where you're coming from, and I think yeah. the animosity and kind of tribalism of the two factions is, is part of the fun. And is, but the the issue is, and why I think that request is like falling on deaf ears is like it the well is way too poisoned at this point. Mm-hmm. Like even yeah. if even if you were to be like, okay, we're gonna try to build that back, I think it's just like pebbles now. Like, well, they tried it in Battle for Azeroth, and no one cared. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, this segment of the podcast is brought to you by some wonderful shout out to your patrons. If you'd like to find out more, go to patreon.com slash easy allies where you can uh, look at the tier and sign up and we'll shout you out on all of our available podcasts. We've quite a few of them. Um, so Cyberpunk's coming out next week. And so I thought uh, if you could do a shout out using your best Keanu Reeves impression. So I'm going to read it. So you, you have a little bit of time because I'm going to read out all these shout outs and then try to give me your best Keanu Reeves. All right. Shout out to Al Thanis, Greg, the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, Nick, Stephen Tomlinson, and Jesse Blue. Shout out, dude. Whoa. Shout out. <laughs> Huber, um, <laughs> your enthusiasm for this game has been infectious. I haven't had a chance to look at it, but I'm pretty excited about it when I do. And that is Cody. Ke- that is <laughs> Kingdom Hearts <laughs> Melody of Memory. Cody, I beat it last night. Oh, shit. First so, Kingdom Hearts I beat before Brad. What up? True, true. What up? Uh, so, <laughs> no holds bar. We get into Cody discussions. You're going to be pulling for Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. <laughs> <laughs> probably not but it is it is absolutely one of my favorite games this year i'm not even kidding around the last like week or two of just either waking up and or going to sleep with just a few tracks from this legendary series you know the music in kingdom hearts top tier always mm-hmm. in the category always in the list of you know greatest video game music of all time well deserved yeah. Uh, so just, you know, the, the pick up and play and pleasant nature of Memory of Melody is so perfect. Mm-hmm. So, so perfect. It fits such a specific need of mine where it's just like, I'm going to go to bed. I want a game or something, but let me just play a couple tracks, you know, two, mm-hmm. three tracks, put me in a nice, good place, drift off to sleep. Thinking about Sora. <laughs> I mean, I think everything that you're you're saying makes complete sense um 
it's weird because like i think it's super cool and i'm sure it's going to be immensely enjoyable like if you have any attachment to these songs or this these characters like it's 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 going to be very jolly it's just a little weird for me though because i feel like i've kind of been through this before where it's like man i was really into final fantasy theater rhythm and when that came out or and like you know the persona dancing games it's like i i love it because i love this music and i love these characters and i love these worlds but i've seen this happen before mm-hmm. uh well the mechanics are just great see that's what uh, I'm, that's what i want to really hook me yeah the main my main criticism is that it doesn't change you know mm. so the the whole game took me eight hours i finished a hundred and 15 or 20 out of the 140 or 50 songs there's like the last little bit you need to like get a bunch of stars to unlock Mm. but i had already rolled credits so i'm like i'm i'm good on that there's like three three or so stages i didn't do uh but yeah coward yeah gotta move on dude gotta gotta play other games (laughs) uh the the uh the mechanics don't change enough is my my biggest criticism but it's still really fun because the it's just really easy like when there's so you push x l1 or r1 or your attacks and it's like if there's one node you can press any one of those if there's two you can press two of them and if there's three you have to press all three at once so there's that there's uh magic cubes which are triangle and then there's uh the gliding the gliding you need to like jump up with circle and like hover and get those or jump and attack uh, so it's really simple mechanics, but just the way it plays to the music is just consistently fun. Is, it's I, so fun. I haven't played it, so maybe this comparison is super off, but it, it kind of reminded me of like Harmonite, like that mix of... I never played that one. Okay. The mix of like just moving and like doing an action and just kind of the flow yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and you're going through all the the world, not all of them, but you're going through a bunch of the worlds from all the games. And the beauty of it, too, is this may very well be the best, most truncated, like, precise recap of this franchise possible. By the time you get through this game... It's eight hours long. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's not a lot of story. It, okay, eight hours okay. total game, but like okay. after a, after every couple worlds, you'll get a little memory of what happened. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the most digestible this convoluted story has ever been, which is pretty yeah. funny. And, you know, it's just a rhythm game, mm-hmm. but it's like it, it explained the story well. Yes. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's like missing a lot. It's a very, for sure, very of broad retelling of it. Of course, for but sure, you're missing a lot. I would not recommend this to get caught up on the series. No, but this it's is a good for, refresher. It's a refresher. This is for if you played through these games and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, this is what happened at this part. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of a natural audience for this game anyway, though, right? Yep. Like, I, I yeah. feel like yep. you're probably. Nope. If you're diving in, you're probably going to be familiar to some degree with what's going on. Um, There's also co-op and versus, which, which I have not yet done. Is it online versus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's online. I'm ready to duel, Brad. I'm ready to go. Oh, shit. All right. <laughs> um, I've been playing, dude. Yeah, Proud only. Because that was, that was going to be my question is, you know, is there a, a story kind of connecting all of this? But it sounds like it's just it's just a recap. 
not a spoiler, and I won't go into it, but before the game came out, it was known that Kyrie is, like, reliving these memories yeah. and that uh, some of it would take place after Remind. Mm -hmm. So that's all I'll say about, about that. Yeah. Like, I haven't run into any of that yeah. yet, so I yeah, assume yeah. that's way later. Yeah. Just moving on. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Because I, I think the thing that is... Like, I think this is cool, and I bet it'll just be, like like... Wrapping a blanket around yourself, warm feelings, yeah. super good time. Mm -hmm. It's just like, how much is this game? It's it's got that Square Enix tax. Yeah, you know, sixty Pricey. bucks, I believe. Pricey. Brad, sixty bucks, man. Brad yeah. drove over and put this game in my mailbox. He's a hero. Must be nice. You're a good friend, Brad. I have two versions. I got two copies of it, so <laughs> it's just. There you go. Yeah, I just <laughs> threw it in my mailbox. There, there's something about like a $60 trip down memory yeah. lane that it feels a little it, steep. feels a little steep. It's, it's hard to recommend, yeah. I guess, to most people. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you're a big fan, obviously, you're going to get this no matter what. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it is a rhythm game. I'm not saying it's... I like it. I think it's a it's lot of fun, really actually. Fun. But yeah. I think a lot of people are going to... If a lot of people spent $60 on this game, they'd be like, what the fuck? This is it? Kind of thing like that. Yeah. Like I think if you know what you're getting into, you'll be much more happy about it. Yeah, I yeah, it just falls into that awkward thing where like, if I spend the sixty dollars on it, I'm sure I'm not going to regret. It. Like I've I've spent sixty dollars on way worse, but it just feels like it should be more reasonable. Yeah, I like regardless. I thought it was going to be forty for the should longest have been time. 40. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, actually, I'm not surprised it's sixty, but I remember Remind being. Yeah, oh, Remind right? was like 30, 30 bucks. Or bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. Man, I still gotta yeah, man. Square oh, design. Fuck around. Um, you got Square and Disney, dude. You're paying a lot of money. <laughs> if you're paying pretty penny. So, yeah, so there's mainly there's the field battles, which are just like you're running and you do the things or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's ones that you like fly through. And then there's some like boss battles. The fly the flying ones remind me of Soren over California. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're pretty jolly and they're just like, but it's distracting because they're showing all these cutscenes from the games and I like want to watch them, but I also need to watch like the orbs flying by. So That's the like... problem with me and rhythm games. Yeah. I always want to see everything else too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so Hubert, right? Like really, really hit you in the, in the good feels this game. Really had a great Love time it. with that. You know, you're kind of radiating joy, which is awesome. Let's <laughs> say next year. Okay. 2021. Right around this time, they say, all right, we're coming out with Kingdom Hearts, Melody of Memory 2, or whatever crazy name they come up with. Would you be as excited? Like, I'd be more excited. You'd be more oh, excited. Oh, shit. Yeah. I would, start, I would start the countdown. Like, if they announce, <laughs> if they announce another one, yes. Okay. Uh, so you, the, that's, that's really encouraging. So you got so much out of this that even if it was just more of the same, you'd be completely on board. $60. <sighs> No I mean, sweat. hopefully, hopefully, Brad will like put that one in my mailbox too. Oh, dude, like, <laughs> I don't let's know what the hell they would let's do, not count man. On the, let's not count on the mailbox play. It feels here. like there's every song in this game already. Yeah, that's like, what I'm trying know, to man. get at. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think there's 140. Think a game. Yeah, yeah, there's 140. I don't think this is a sequel game. This is a one and done kind of thing for now. Would yeah. you? Would is there like another series that you would love to see this happen to? Oh, oh, music. I I kept thinking. Uh, I had that thought a lot, Ben. Actually, mm -hmm. um, I kept wanting Final Fantasy music. Mm. There is, like, oh. there's theater rhythm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I need to go and get into that one. It yeah. plays different though. Well, that's that's 3ds. 
It's a little different, yeah. God, I think it. there is there ports now. I don't know. There Maybe might. Not. I think there might be a mobile port. I played yeah. it on 3ds. Yeah, I think and it's like a phone port. There's also Persona, an arcade version actually. As well. Persona, obviously. Yeah. Well, that exists. Yeah. 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 There's that. The uh, what's that one called? Dancing, da- well, dancing, there's all dancing all night. There's dancing in moonlight and dancing in starlight for. That's five right. oh, those three, are like yeah. three and five, yeah. right? I don't remember too. which one is. Where. I always get them mixed up in my head. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah Castlevania think, would be sick, actually, yeah. for this. When I think about it, like going through like a scrolling castle and like when and you, guys when you, and shit. Yeah, when you t- when you like hit the note, he's he's doing yeah. the whip. Yeah, that'd be yeah. sick. Yeah. I think it equally annoys me as much as I'm obsessively like in love with the idea that this is like still canon and it's like moving the plot along, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like in typical, like you always say, you know, kingdom hearts, bullshit, Ben, <laughs> just like, yeah. can't skip it. Yeah. Can't skip anything. But I mean, just like, I love that about it. It is. If, okay, here's the thing. Here's the secret sauce of kingdom hearts. It's like, if you're going to be bullshit, Go all the way, and no one has gone all the way above and beyond to infinity and beyond the way that Kingdom Hearts has. Like, That's right. There's nothing like, like it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it'll take you on a trip, man. You may not like where you end up, but it yeah, will be a it's trip. A, yeah, it's a journey. Yeah, it's a fucking journey. One last shout out to Brad Ellis for uh, helping me on this journey. So okay. made a mailbox. Uh, no, even mailbox. Uh, Kingdom Hearts in general, I sure. would not be caught up. Unless Brad, we all got pushed those me. games we we share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Bet I will say, me playing this game personally has been a very almost emotional experience for me because mm. I'm going through. You go through like each game, progress to so, like start with one, then you go to two. As I'm playing through each of these stages, but I'm remembering at my time times of my life first playing these exact <laughs> moments. Yeah. So it's like they say, music is like one of the biggest triggers of nostalgia for someone. Yeah. And I'm like getting transported back to being in like like 2002 or some shit. Or I'm like, oh, dude, I remember exactly what I was doing at this part. Yeah, I so epic. so it's been a very pleasure like reunion so almost to me. Kingdom Hearts is is almost unique. I feel like I can't think of anything else that quite hits this. Where like when I'm kind of removed from Kingdom Hearts, like I'm not in the moment. I'm like, man, this is this is pretty dumb, but. It it always manages like when I'm in the, in knee deep in Kingdom Hearts, I manage to buy into it and and even get emotional uh, periodically with certain moments, and so I could totally see that happening with Melody of Memory. Oh yeah, it's or dumb Memory as of hell. Melody. But I love it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I acknowledge that's dumb, but I still enjoy it substantially. And you know, you're you're right, Huber. Like the music is unquestionably one of the best parts. Right? It's oh, yeah. Just just strictly it's great. Delightful. Yeah. Top here uh brad sacred distance <laughs> like it's it's so funny because what's up dream drop distance dude low-key the best music so yeah, good loves that you have oh. no idea how many tracks huber sent me on slack <laughs> like we do this to each other a lot like we send each other a lot of weird shit but a lot of times just music tracks mm-hmm. just the youtube video just, yeah, the link. just kingdom hearts Thir- like Hero always sends me the extended thirty minute version <laughs> of the songs. <laughs> um, it's funny because like talking about Kingdom Hearts, I'm like, yeah, man, I would totally love to just slip right back in to Kingdom Hearts. Uh, this next game, I like, I am so fucking out, man. Like, I don't think there's anything you could do to bring me back in. And that oh, is, sure, that is World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft Shadowlands, man. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Quick thing. 
this is one of at the moment in time. This is one of the best expansions I've ever played in WoW. Nice. This feels like a nice return to form of quality where I'm excited to play. Yeah. Where I'm like, man, I can't wait to go in this world and do these things. I can't wait to go in a battle round and fuck up some alliance scum or something like that. Take them now, out. Now, I'll just say some things personally that I really love about it is throughout my WoW history, one of my most favorite things to do, one of my most enjoyable pastimes is battlegrounds. Mm-hmm. Now, Battlegrounds back in the day, you know, you'd get your honor kills, which is great. Then you could get purchase gear at that honor. So you have something to work towards. You know, you like PvP, you can still get some gear, okay? Later on in the future, they kind of just took that away. They're like, yeah. nah, from now on, when you win, you're just going to get a random fucking thing. And who knows what you'll get? Good luck. Have fun grinding it out and trying to get a piece of gear, even though you can't work towards it. People bitch should complain, as they should have for years. Blizzard's like, okay, fine. Here you go. You can now earn your honor gear again. Nice. With honor points. That's back? It's back. Dude. And you can upgrade those pieces of gear also. So you get your piece of gear. You can put even more honor to upgrade it to make it even better. So if you like doing PvP only, Huber, you can still get some pretty dang good gear. Awesome. Still be compatible just by doing whatever you want. Very cool. That's one thing. The other newest feature of this game is like every WoW kind of thing. They always have a ton of systems. That's like WoW's kind of thing. This new system for this game is called Covenants. So essentially, throughout the game, you're in the afterlife of the WoW universe. And there is four different zones you go to. They each have their own theme. The first one is Bastion. It's kind of like angels. Kind of reminds me of like the Diablo angels almost. Mm-hmm. Second one's like Maldrasic, Maldrax. It's the Scourge kind of like undead army of this afterlife. Third one's Ardenweald, which is like very nature, elf, druid kind of shit. And the fourth one is like vampires, basically. It is like gothic. There's legit like vampires that drain people of stuff like that. So you go through all these zones. Then at the end, when you hit level cap, you choose a faction to be a part of a covenant. So you make a choice. You're like, okay, I want to pick this covenant over that covenant. Every Covenant has its own unique ability that everyone gets, and every Covenant has its own class ability that everyone gets. So if you're like, I'm going to be a Kyrian, uh, Kyrian warrior for Huber, you'll get a unique, two unique abilities that you will not get anywhere else. They're mm. only for that. So there's some sort of choice to it, a player choice, I guess. Now, this is cool. I like the idea of this, but some are not balanced properly at the mm-hmm. moment. Right. Yeah. Where some are clearly better, and I feel like this is something that's a nightmare to balance. I, I heard about this problem dating all the way back to like the alpha and the yes. beta. Yes. So yeah. they have nerfed them so they're not as bad now, but it still need work. I Got think it. I'm actually way into that because I think I think something that WoW kind of has suffered from is like everybody kind of just feels like they're at the same point all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think I would rather have like kind of an unbalanced mess, but people are like making choices and yes. like actually feeling unique. That's where it's at, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah. I think I don't know. Sounds like it could potentially be more interesting, even if it's not perfect. But also with the Covenants, they peak. Each has its own storyline you go through, too. So you do things for this Covenant. You get like better rep renown and you unlock more campaign, new mounts, new armor sets, all that stuff. So you could really feel like I so I play rogue. So I'm like, I am a Venthyr rogue, like vampire boy rogue stuff i feel mm-hmm. completely different and i look different from other rogues and other covenants so it does have some sort of identity mm-hmm. 
So I've been enjoying that, you know, you're just ranking up, you're doing all that good stuff. But the also thing is Torghast. This has been my most, this has been my favorite thing about this expansion so far. Yeah. Torghast is essentially a roguelike. So there's a tower you go I to. about this, Tor- dude. Torghast, yeah. Has yes. multiple layers. You, you go, you, essentially though it is a roguelike, you go into an area, you get powers that dramatically change effects, you know, some good, some bad. Like one I got, it gave me 100% more health. But if I stopped moving, I would become like rooted in the ground like that. Mm-hmm. So it rapidly changed my gameplay. I think most of them have six floors. You know, you usually go a few floors and you find a boss at the end. There's also a vendor inside there. So you earn, um, I forgot what the currency is called, but you earn stuff so you can buy upgrades. So it's very like, especially when I played Hades this year, like obviously it's not as good as Hades is a roguelike. But if you like that aspect of collecting new powers and having to make choices on which powers you want to get to get through these floors, you can do that. And the second cool thing about this is you can do these co-op. Hmm. So I played a lot of them with Chris and we were going through these floors together and we each get different abilities. So we're having to coordinate our abilities together. She plays a druid so, and I play a rogue. So I'm like, okay, let me sap this guy. You maybe cycle on this guy at this fight so we can get through this. So that's been really good. There is like, there is a reason to do it, obviously, to craft legendaries, which I haven't gotten yet. I think they just came out. Mm-hmm. So there is a reason to work for it. There's also the mall. One last thing is no, go ahead. the mall. Yeah. It's a uh, kind of a zone you go to where you can do specific quests, but by doing it, you have like a meter. Think of like the GTA meter. So you do like a certain amount of things, the meter will go up. And these things get like more intense as you go on. It's called the Eye of the Jailer. The Jailer is this big bad villain of the game. And so example, like when you get to a certain rank, these towers are going to start shooting at you. You get to another rank assassins are going to start coming out and trying to kill you mm. another rank these like these death angels come up and they just try to pick you up and throw you down till you die <laughs> and eventually when you get like the equivalent of five stars like you're gonna die and you want to get the hell out of here yeah but the real danger that comes from it is you collect this uh resource in there called uh i think it's stygia stygia yeah you get your stygia so you can buy stuff you can upgrade but if you die it's like the dark souls thing you lose it Shit. You have to go back to your body and get it back. You can nice. do that, but if your meter is so high, you might just die. Mm. So you could technically lose everything. It hasn't been too brutal where I've lost everything. So it's not, I don't think it's like ridiculously punishing or anything, but it's it's an interesting element. I'm excited to see how it plays out through the expansion. That's cool. Brad, this is this is actually really interesting. This is sounding way more enticing than I was expecting it to because a huge problem that I have with, with MMOs, and I feel like I could use a number of examples, but like back in the day, I think what really made WoW <clears throat> exciting was there was a real sense of danger. And mm-hmm. you'd, you'd be doing things that maybe weren't that interesting on their own, like, you know, killing a bunch of one animal or collecting a certain number of things, you know, it's stuff that you would expect. But there would be a threat of like being attacked at any moment or somebody mm-hmm. you, you getting called away to, to help somebody. There was just like this kind of active element that I think, especially at the time felt really engaging. And, and as wow grew and grew and grew, that sense of danger really just kind of evaporated. Mm-hmm. And I always, and it's not the only game that has this problem, but I, I get into this thing where it's like, man, I'm going to have to play a lot to get to like the good part, to get to where mm-hmm. I feel like I really have to think about what I'm doing, the strategies that that I'm doing, like really need to rely on other people. Like it felt like I was just like, almost like I was waiting in line 
at like a theme park to get yeah. on the ride that I actually yeah, yeah, really yeah, wanted absolutely. to be on. And what mm-hmm. you're describing, it sounds like, you know, the choices that I'm making as I'm going through the story are, are way more interesting and like new content that is actually like pushing mm-hmm. you in different ways. And that's, that's awesome. Like that's, that fixes a lot potentially of, of the problem that I have. Yeah. So they made it, it's easier to get to the level cap than ever before. Mm. I would say now the level cap 60 again, they dropped it from 120 or what it was before. Like getting through the Shadowlands campaign, it has like a campaign almost like Final Fantasy been like story campaign you go through. Yeah. So you have to get through the story to unlock a lot of this stuff. But man, it only took me like 10 hours or something like that. Yeah. But it wasn't like where I was like, man, that was real short and disappointing. I'm disappointed. Right. It's like you I got your story. And I was like, I go so slow. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I was like, that felt right yeah. for Dude. how long it should be. That feels good. I'm so slow because I pl- I've only played like one or two nights, so I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm like four or five hours in, and I've only leveled up like once, dude. Yeah, I'm well, so like slow. you take long breaks, Huber. <laughs> yeah, and so when you a lot of times when you hop back in, it's you relearning the game again, getting yeah. familiar with things again. Totally. I'm like checking my bags. Familiar. I'm like, huh? yeah. So I do. It's I chill for me. I also really like the setting of this one. I think it's a really cool idea for Warcraft yeah. proper Warcraft mm-hmm. franchise to deal with death mm-hmm. to to deal with all of these legendary characters and figures that have died over the years. I think it's a really just cool starting point. Okay, so for I want expansion. I want to get back. I want to jump on that point because <laughs> I actually think that that is something that Warcraft like that has pushed me away from Warcraft in a way that has like really made me roll my eyes is, is just the way that they use these legendary characters. It's felt really thin a lot of times and very cheap. And it's like, Oh, can you believe we're bringing this character back or this character is involved in this thing? And it's just like, it's, it's nowhere near as impactful as those initial storylines as those characters. Sure. And it, mm-hmm. it feels like a, a desperate regurgitation rather than like actually... I, I will say they've, good Lord. they've done right by Sylvanas, dude. They have done right. I they feel like they've built... done really wrong by her, so that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Dude, they have, they have built up... That storyline. I have not. Again, I'm I'm only fifty. You learn so. like some motivation, some ideas. There's a lot of mysteries, but you have more of an idea cool. about like, a lot of these characters' headspaces. Cool. Like, I haven't seen Arthas yet, Ben, yeah. or anything like that. Like, they're not just like throwing him out there. He's like one of the most beloved characters yeah. in all time. So they're not like they're treating a lot of these characters with respect right now. I feel like that's good. But there is like nods, like things unraveling to past games where like, this is why this happened kind of thing. And I I think like nods or, or celebrating something, you know, as beloved as Warcraft, it's totally fine. I just, I, I, there was just this, this, this sense of like not really being able, like the regurgitation, I do think is a good word for it, where it's like, okay, you're using these characters, but you're not really using him in a way that that feels all that interesting. It's just like sure. they're back um, mm-hmm. or, or getting wrapped up. And I, I think, you know, part of what makes a lot of these characters, these storylines interesting originally is kind of uncovering them. And so I want I want Warcraft to, you know, stand on its own two feet and push storylines forward and not just rely on yeah, the same ideas is, and the same tricks over and over again. This is kind of the opposite of Battle for Azeroth where it's a lot of, you know, the alliance and horde leaders that you know mm-hmm. kind of getting thrown into this thing. A lot of this game so far has just been new. Cool. New that's, kind of characters. That's awesome. New kind of things going on. 
Brad, I think like, you're selling me, man. They're very, they're like involved a little bit, but right now at the point of the story, they're not front and center. I see. They are not the most important thing. Gotta take Sylvanas out. Boy, it's crazy because I, I think a huge part of the reason that I was like so out of World of Warcraft is it just felt like it was running on fumes, both like mm-hmm. mechanically in terms of presentation and its storyline, its characters. And it, it really feels like the way that you're describing anyway, that Shadowlands is injecting some much needed life. Yeah. Into this, man. It, yeah. Contrary to the theme of the game. Yeah, yeah. It does feel like more alive than a long time. Wow. Like it's it's like, you know, could be hyperbolic, but it's to me, it's one of the best expansions right now that I've played of the game. Things could change, but right now, I think it's one of the best. Yeah, that's actually a really good point to bring up, Brad, and I appreciate that sense of hesitation because I've definitely fallen victim to this too, where like the first month of a, of a new WoW expansion is like amazing, mm-hmm. and then they just don't keep that momentum going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a hard thing to do, right? That's a tall task, but I do... I do always worry about that. And I don't have the mm-hmm. experience with Shadowlands to say whether or not that'll be the case. And, you know, it's a hard thing to predict, but yeah. I will say this is the first time I've been... What's a good word? I have not... I'm not impressed with how it looks. It finally looks... Oh, it finally hit Huber, It finally yeah. looks, like, bad, dude. Like, wow, too. let's go. Never yeah. gonna happen. You know, <laughs> like this was the, you, I got to like one of the first big areas and it's like, you know, clearly supposed to be like a dramatic viewpoint. Yeah. And I'm just like this old game. Yeah. I don't, you know, ne- I don't blame you at all. Yep. Next gen's here now too. Like a, a further leap in graphics and visuals. And yeah. like, here we are still like, this is well, not it does, like small incremental leaps. Yeah. Like it's never going to look cutting edge, I think. Yeah. But it does have that great art style that really helps but i but i do like the the artists there are absolutely incredible but i do agree with you huber that i want them to have like a new base with which to work from oh yeah, yeah. i mean i've been wanting wow too forever yeah like the dream is to do warcraft 4 then do wow 2 after that what i like though about the shadowlands conversation is i, I feel like sometimes when we talk about wow there's like a sense of obligation like we we mm-hmm. owe it to wow to like check in because it's given us so much <laughs> to see what's going on but i don't get that sense here like that that excitement that you feel that right. spark i think is really i'm in awesome. really enjoying my time with it so yeah. far but an mmo is a long process and things change yeah. it's an evolving game so i we will see how it changes i don't I certainly don't have time right now, but maybe, maybe it's a hard, like it's a very crowded time right now in gaming. There's a lot to do. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I also want to check out destiny Two beyond light, but I think, I think you have done enough to like, maybe bump this above that. We'll see. We'll see. I've been waiting for uh, the PS five destiny. It's on the eighth. Oh, nice. Hopping in. Nice. Yeah. Uh, might help you is the first raid coming out in like a week or two is a like, a vampire castle, essentially. Yeah, man. It's essentially Castlevania. That's yes. all I, so you said I could join the vampires, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm probably going to. That's what I am yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. I imagine that. like 75% of players are the vampires. Like, <laughs> how would. I mean, that. maybe. You know, you get the meta picks. A lot of people go with the meta picks. And then you get but alliance like, people but like, you know, picking something. Kristen's different. She's like the the druid kind of thing because that's like the class fantasy she wants to be. Yeah, part of. So I've seen actually quite a healthy balance. I think that's what's cool. nice, Brad, is like. I've taken such a long break that like I can't even pretend to care about the meta. So I'll like I'll right. just go pure yeah, vibes. Yeah, if you hopped in, it'd be like crazy. Yeah, she haven't played in a right, long time. Right, right, right. Alliance and Horde 
have different covenants or not? No, same okay, covenants. Okay, okay. Got it. Um, I am surprised that I am bringing this game to talk about. <laughs> uh, and, but I've been playing Watch Dogs Legion. Oh. Uh, and I want to talk to you guys about how much expectations can <laughs> uh, dictate enjoyment because I you're having a good time. I'm having a good time. <laughs> I don't think I would say that this is a, a great game by any stretch of the imagination. I have a lot of problems with it. It's been buggy. I've lost some progress, which has been really annoying. A bunch of weird things have happened. The story is trash. Yeah. The story, Especially like, two, like I, so I, I wish I could physically pick up the story and put it in the trash because, like, there's almost yeah. no point in having it around. Like, it, mm-hmm. like it's just the, the the way characters talk to each other and how things present themselves. It's like an algorithm presented you the story. Like, it feels so <laughs> artificial yeah. that, like, you just you can't buy into it. There are so many things preventing you from really buying into it. But what I like about Watch Dogs Legion is it really rewards you for being playful. There's like there's like this playfulness here that I'm super super into and like it's just doing some things that I wasn't expecting and I think if you're in the mood from it you can actually suck quite a lot out of it. Um because I was like, man, I wonder what like this beekeeper does and you have to like <sighs> go through and like, you know, clear some dots off the map and then you have to do a burrow mission and some of the burrow missions are actually pretty interesting. Like there was one where like I had to use the spider bot to like, it was basically like a platformer where I had to like jump on all these like cogs and wheels and, and gears. And it was ben, just, what if I were to tell you so that that is the peak? Hebrew, I would mission. absolutely believe you, but it was, yeah. I, I wasn't expecting <laughs> yeah. it, you know? Um, and it was really, really fun. And then I get the beekeeper and he's, he just says like the same thing over and over again when you send out the bees. He's like, I don't even remember exactly what he says, but it's like, here we go, fuck him up or something. <laughs> and it's just, it's so hilarious and dumb and so much fun that there is kind of like that element there. And there are enough times where like I'm using somebody and I'm like, oh, I wish I had this other person that had these abilities. And I do think you could definitely break it. Like you kind of talked about this Hebrew where it's like, well, you, the cargo drone carries a lot of weight and that's super, super true. Um, but there are enough times where like I'm going through a mission and you can't change tech during a mission. And I'm like, oh, I brought this thing in. I wish I had this other thing. Um, and the game ne- like never pushes back enough really to <laughs> make that super, super scary. But it is making me think enough about my choices. And so like a good you example. You put uh, permadeath on? I don't have permadeath on because the reason why I didn't have permadeath on is because I didn't think I would get really invested in this game or even play all that much with it. And I was just like, I'm, I'm just chilling. Like this is a game that I'm like going to take so not seriously, but I'm actually getting more invested in it. And now I actually do wish I had permadeath on because I'm enjoying it more than I was expecting. And it's a double edged sword because now I can't put permadeath on, which sucks. Um, And so I don't know. Like, I feel like I've played enough that I don't really want to start over. But Yeah, like, I and honestly, it, it didn't change much. I think I okay. lost, like, four people, and it was like, okay, I'll just use anyone else because they're all fine. <laughs> well, there there is still a punishment if somebody dies. Like, you have to wait. So mm-hmm. there's, like, some. But, yeah, I do think raising the stakes would be helpful. So that, that might have definitely been a mistake. Um, but, like, you're going along, and there are, like, these riot bots that are, like, a... 
are kind of a pain in the ass to deal with. Like they're powerful. Yeah. They take a few shots to take down and you can't, you just can't deal with them right away. Like you have to invest in order to disable them or hijack them and all of that stuff. And those sort of obstacles where it's like, Hey, you want to deal with this thing. You've got to work for it. I love that kind of stuff. And I don't think, I don't think it's as strong in this game as it should be, but it has more of that than your typical Ubisoft game. And I think my low expectations are making me really latch onto it <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And you know, one and two, I loved so much because for the longest time in Assassin's Creed lately, mm-hmm combat and just rushing in has been the meta like yeah. why am i gonna waste time like you were saying earlier ben you're a stealth player so am i yeah that's why i love evil within so much because there's so much stealth it's like why am i gonna waste time to to scout things out when i can just run in kill everyone real quick and get rewarded like why would i take longer when i can just do it quicker mm-hmm uh so i loved in the first two games like i just really felt like i had to use my surroundings hack things like there's so many different mechanics Mm -hmm. you can use instead of just like assassin's creed style stealth or run in Mm -hmm. Uh, it just feels like you have a lot of tools and i love that about the series like watchdogs in general just how many tools do you have yeah i do think when shit hits the fan you're just way more capable than you should be yes Yes, And like, that is really the kind of the underlying issue is like, you just, you, if you, if, if you are capable of headshotting fools, you're, you'll be fine. Or even yeah. if you can just, you can just run up to them and like mash the X button and knock them out with melee. Like yeah, things like the, the riot drones or like turrets or stuff. I, I, I wish there was more stuff like that. Like I want to, I want to play characters that like, okay, if you choose stealth, they, like, can't do anything else. So, like, yes, if you get found, you're, you're yep. totally fucked. And it's it's just not quite willing to go there in the way that I would like. But I think if you're kind of a naturally stealthy player, there are moments that I've really appreciated where it's like, okay, there's these laser doors here. I don't want to trip off the alarm. It's like, oh, I have to, like, hijack that camera to look around and open things up or like, Oh, these doors are locked. I need to go and find the key. And there's the, and like the tech points I think are like reasonably well done where it's like, Oh, I want to buy this upgrade. There's a tech point on the map. A lot of times it's not as simple as like going to that point on the map and getting the tech point. Like they'll make you work for it. It's like, okay, you have to find where to put in the spider bot to climb up there to open the gate. Or they'll like tease you. It's almost kind of like a Batman Riddler trophy sort of thing. Yes, totally. Great comparison. Where like you'll see it in front of you and it's like, how do you get there? Mm -hmm. And that part of it is kind of fun. (coughs) I think that's it's way more enjoyable than just like the open worlds where it's like, just go here and it's right in front of you and you don't have to think about it. Like they, yeah. they push back just a little bit and I wish they would go way farther. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I think if you have low expectations and are willing to be a little bit of a goofball, you'll have a good time with it. I don't think it's worth $60 necessarily, nor do I think it's exceptionally mm. great. I don't, it might not be 60. Oh yeah. They were, doing, they were doing the, discount. The online got delayed until next year as well, mm. which, uh, you know, mm. I'm still intrigued by like this is still a franchise I'm still super invested in. I'm glad you're playing it, Ben. I, yeah. I 
I like this. I like that you're playing this. Because did, yeah. did you did you play through two? Like, I really want you to freaking play Watch Dogs 2. Yeah, so I love it so much. I have a very fractured experience <laughs> with Watch Dogs. Um, Watch Dogs 1 was a huge bummer to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I really tried. Like, I was like, I, it was one of those games that I felt like I was forcing myself through. <laughs> and I eventually got to a point where I was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't have to play this for work. I'm not having fun. And I dropped it. And I, I, I put like a good chunk of time into it. Two was almost the opposite where I like, I think I was really resistant to two because of my feelings on one, but I, and I haven't played much too, but whenever I I'm like, Oh man, I want to give two another shot. I actually had a really good time. Yeah. Um, and then three is, is surprising me. And I would love to see it through if I can. Um, but I just don't give a shit about the story. Whereas two, I think, you, you know, you were right here where I agree with your points on having a central character that just being a little bit more interesting and like having a crew that you're attached to. Cause like here, sure. the way that they do it is almost detrimental. Cause like they'll yeah. have the people that you recruit kind of pop up and, and like say things. And you're like, yeah, I don't even know you. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's and, so weird. And a lot of dude. And by the time you get near, like, a while into they start repeating things. Oh yeah. There was a thing when I used someone who had been on my team for the entire game mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm like 20 hours in and I use one of the teammates and I do a mission and I get a call and they're like, welcome to the team. How's it feel? And mm -hmm. it's like, dude, I've been on this team the whole game. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like <laughs> Man, <laughs> Hubert, it's such a bummer because my, kind of my dream for this game, like, I think the elements that they have are actually like pretty cool. Like I think like having areas where it's like, okay, you can't get in there, but your spider bot can, or it's like, yeah. Oh man, you can't get up there. Better use a cargo drone. Like, I think those ideas are really, really, really cool. But like my dream is like, I want to get into a situation and there are like so many tools that I can use where it's like, Oh, like I could set up this like elaborate trap and just like watch the dominoes fall. And I think the series that has done that the best, well, Hitman is really, really good at it. And like uh -huh. Dishonored, where like you can really orchestrate a plan. And in Watch Dogs, it's like you have good ideas, but you kind of just like repeat them over and over and over again, where it's like it's it starts to these cool ideas start to become formulaic, where it's like you go here and it's like, all right, well, where do I slot the spider bot in? Or where do I use the cargo drone? And it's just like an over-reliance on the same thing, which mm -hmm. which is a huge bummer. Like, I don't know. Like, even hacking, it's like, yeah, I can distract this person or disable this thing or open this door. Like, there's really not that much you can do. Like, it's not crazy. Mm -hmm. um, like, it's enough to be moderately enjoyable, but it's not enough to, like, really blow you away with the, the versatility that it has. So... Yeah, I, I can remember just in two loving like hacking wall sneaking in. Like mm. you'd have to do a massive hacking puzzle in a base. So you like got to sneak in and hack that. And it just felt like in Legion, there were not a lot of like big hacks. Yeah. The ones where you need to like trace all the the lines, you know, the, the ones I'm talking about where you like rotate everything and they all like blue lines, red lines. Uh, yeah. Just not enough of that. Well, and and what was there had been done before. And I so it like didn't evolve at all. Yeah. I think the, the opportunity is like, so it's so there, but, but like, I, like I unlocked the anarchist operative 
And it's kind of fun. Like you go and you basically like club people to death with this bat and you can throw like this smoke grenade and like it's it's cool. But for the most part, outside of like these little gimmicks, you're just doing the same thing or like even the spy. It's like, okay, it's neat that I unlocked the spy and I have this car that can go invisible and shoot rockets, but I don't ever really need it. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm in a mission, I'm just going to like crouch behind a wall and like take down guys the same as usual. And what what they need to do is it's like, okay, you unlocked the anarchist. Like rather than taking this place head on, like you rile people up and maybe like they storm a base, like where it's like just just opportunities where it's like. Only this operative can do this absolutely yes. crazy mechanic because the way that it feels now, it's like. Everyone you, can do everything. Yeah. Well, everyone can do everything. And it's like, you can do this thing and maybe you have like one little twist to it. And mm -hmm. it, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I just, right. I think. Ben, you just gave me the craziest idea the Hitman style or something. You know, what if you, what if it was like Hitman, but with multiple characters yeah. and you're building your team. And like you just said, your anarchist riles people up at the front gate, which pulls guards away. Right. Then you switch to like your hacker that goes in the back of the base and turns off the cameras. Then you use your spy to go in. Yeah. Then you got your getaway driver yeah. parked out back. Like, let's do some of that stuff. And Huber, that idea is so good because... <laughs> it really would incentivize you to get as many operatives as possible yes. and build them up. Whereas like now, like, yeah, you can scan everybody on the street, but you're not going to want like any of them. No, none like, of it, them. It just, for the most part, it just like doesn't matter at all. And like having some sort of system where it's like, yeah, you can combine their abilities in a really cool way. And you, you think about mm -hmm. Hitman, right? Like think about how consequential the choice of what you bring into a mission is <laughs> or like, yeah. It it completely changes the dynamic of the mission. Um, Briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just, there's no sense of that uh, in Legion. No consequences, no reward. But man, I, I need to do this more often with games where I just had like bottom of the barrel expectations. And I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Seriously. Just like we're going to have a good time with this. Otake! Oh! Uh, hot off the presses. Kind of. Um... It was announced that uh, Oscar Isaac will be playing Solid Snake in the upcoming Metal Gear movie. And you know how much Metal Gear means to me, so of course we're going to talk about this. Um, Mike, framing for this is, let's, let's start out with a basic question. How do you feel about this casting out the gate? As Oscar Isaac as Solid Snake? Yes. Uh, I'm down. I'm in. Poe Dameron. Good. Yeah, Poe Dameron. <laughs> Lewin Davis. <laughs> I need to see what he looks like with a headband on. Yeah. That's what's really going to be the deal breaker. Good call. Yeah. Reserving my judgment until he puts the headband on. Headband on and a cigarette. I need to see. <laughs> yeah, if Solid Sync is, is not smoking cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's... Um, Go ahead. Is it is it Jordan Vaught Roberts or whatever directing? Is that still going down? Do I don't. That? I actually don't know. That would that would be something I think that would help this conversation that I don't know. Okay. Uh, so feel free to look that up. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. What is okay. what else has he done? So he did Kong Skull Island was his last film. Okay, I haven't seen. And then that. he's done. Uh, and then he's did the Kings of Summer. Okay, I haven't like seen that. Coming of age, and then he just did a Nick. 
Offerman documentary. Okay, so I have no reference point. For this I haven't story. seen any of it. But uh, Metal Gear Solid was his passion project. He's been talking mm. about it for a long time. Okay. Yes. Do you think we'll run into kind he, of a... He's, sorry, he's met with Kojima like numerous times even before all this. And, uh, oh, apparently in Kong Skull Island, a boat bears the name Gray Fox. Mm. So he loves it. This this Big fan. This director, this human, Jordan Val Roberts, loves Metal Gear, so good out of the gate with that do you think we're going to run into kind of a keith sutherland situation where it's bizarre not hearing david Hayter's voice um no because it's live action hmm. do you think I that think... removes that element a little bit yeah 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 okay i think so yeah man i'm really curious how he's going to nail the tone of metal gear like metal gear is a very serious game but also like it does comedy in like super interesting ways like, how are you going to pull off, like, I don't know if it's going to be, like, Shadow Moses or something like that. How are you going to pull off Otacon, like, perfectly? Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I need to see, like, the rest of this cast. Like, who's going to be who in this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think Oscar Isaac is is amazing. Um, yeah. I think he's extremely talented. He shout out he to is. Annihilation. Shout out to so he, many movies. He does, yeah, shout out to so many movies. Inside Lewin Davis as well. Very, very good. Um, I think my issue with this... Right, and I always come back to this. Whenever, whenever we talk about adaptations, I always come back to Castlevania and and why it's so good. I think it's so good because there is so much room to be to take creative liberties there, and really, mm-hmm. th- there's there's so much space to to mess around because Castlevania is primarily about the gameplay and the story feels right. often the like an afterthought. Usually, yeah, yeah. Um, not that it isn't there or there aren't cool things about it, but Metal Gear Solid, I think, is just so reliant on its story. And, and contrary to popular belief, I think it's so reliant on it being a game to tell its story. And I think about <clears throat> Metal Gear Solid 1, right? So spoilers for Metal Gear Solid. If you don't want to hear any of this stuff, uh, use the timestamps to skip ahead. But in Metal Gear Solid 1, uh, making the choice of... Meryl living or dying, right? I think that that really plays into the emotion of the final scene. Um, I think about the psychomantis fight, right? And how his powers are conveyed. Or just like the the codec calls and how they're specifically presented and how kind of like off the wall they can be. And you can get into like long conversations about completely irrelevant things. Um, it, I don't know. I, I think packaging it in a movie... It's not that I doubt that Kojima wants to do this. I bet he super wants to do this. But I I, th- I worry that it's going to feel weird. It's going to be like you, a fish ben. out of I'm water. with you. It is, it is a hard thing to do, adaptations. And, you know, I'm thinking of The Last of Us coming out, which has, like, the most possible hype for me for an adaptation because of who's involved. The director of Chernobyl is doing it. Druckmann and Naughty Dog are involved. It's coming to HBO. The budget's probably through the roof. But at the same time, the story isn't the only reason I love The Last of Us. I love exploring the world. I love fighting clickers and infected. I love scrounging for supplies. Right. You can't do that when you watch a movie. So it's a completely different thing. It's just... So, so I guess what I love about the, uh, like adaptations, I like when we see a different side of it. Yes. 
like a different side of the story. Yes. You either go like one for one identical or show me something new that I, that I don't know about this world. Hmm. Well, I think one for one identical is really a hindrance here. And that's like Mortal Kombat. Pretty close. Like, like the, the, the framing is there. They go to the Island. Goro has got nine wins in the Mortal Kombat. Like it's pretty Mm -hmm. close to the game in that sense. The setup is similar. Yeah. Well, the, the thing about like telling the story of Solid Snake is that the story of Solid Snake has already been exhaustively told. You know, mm-hmm. I I know what's going to happen to him because I already experienced it. And going back to Castlevania, I think what made that show so much fun to watch is it felt like it was taking us to new places. New places, exactly. Um, yes. It, you know, I think you can argue against that a little bit, but I think I think the journey felt sufficiently fresh. Mm-hmm. Like I almost wish this movie was about and it'd be harder to draw people in, of course, but I almost wish this movie was about Frank Yeager, Gray Fox. I think there's totally. there's way more of a story to like present sure. in an in an adaptation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <clears throat> or if The Last of Us show was about other survivors, not Joel and Ellie. Like right. we've we've seen that journey. We've played that journey. Right. Show me a different side of this world. Because yeah, then there's that disconnect of like, you already already played this. Right. Like, and that's that's what makes like Mandalorian so exciting, right? Is it's not mm-hmm. just you know empire versus rebels it's it's like brand new characters that you're really getting attached to um going going on a new journey yeah yeah because the warcraft movie is uh prequel to warcraft one right wasn't it i mean it's like i don't even remember Warcraft one and two story one and two that's right okay yeah Yeah. dark portal and stuff i don't know i'm okay if it like follows a lot of the same beats as the game Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like me seeing lord of the rings or the hobbit you know like especially lord of the rings pretty much closer to the books compared to the hobbit Mm -hmm. right but i wasn't like oh man i know it's gonna happen already so i don't care kind of thing i would like to see how they execute those beats differently yeah yeah and i think that's a good point to bring up though the argument there, I think, would be that you're seeing something purely text-based being represented, you mm-hmm. know, in, in big-budget live action. Like that is just tremendously exciting, um, yeah, of and, course, and a huge change. Whereas, yes, older Metal Gear games look dated, but I, I think you've seen Metal Gear evolve enough throughout the generation. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be tough. Like, it's going to be tough. <clears throat> I like, don't think it'll be just like a one-to-one retelling of Shadow Moses or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think, like, ideally what I want the movie is to be is just, like, starting out a snake entering whatever location. Kind of like Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. I think of something like The Raid, where, like, how the whole movie takes place in this one area. I want the whole operation yeah. to be snake like in this whole and area. dread yeah if you just make it like the raid or dread but shadow moses that's a winning formula brad yeah i mean that's it doesn't good. have to be shadow moses or something <laughs> like that but like that idea it's structure mm-hmm. like i don't need fucking snake chilling like being a civilian or anything for like half the movie or like oh, three fourths of it like i don't give a shit about that like i want to see snake in there choking people out <laughs> sounds pistol dude snake with his wolves in alaska I could stand to see some of that for sure. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah. Um, uh, Brad, you know what you made me think of in in something that I think was really appealing about Metal Gear at its best is Metal Gear felt like it was tackling 
consequential and contemporary issues. Like I, mm-hmm. I think the way that Metal Gear Solid One kind of ruminated on, you know, nuclear warfare and like how like the military was was being used was really interesting. Obviously, Metal Gear Solid Two and how it tackled the themes of just information really felt like like it was really going for the throat in a way that games don't and so i think if the movie through characters that we were familiar with and maybe even locations that we're familiar with tried to do that to really try really try to say something or try to interpret a contemporary problem in in a i guess sufficient way that could be really Mm -hmm. exciting Mm -hmm. yo i want to work i want to workshop something with you guys how do we do psychomantis in the movie theater like you can't have a gimmick where your chair rumbles or some shit how do like we that. do it like if everyone's got to eat their popcorn or something okay all right here's 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 the idea okay you go you go full, something you go full kojima style where yeah. for for some reason you you have to like give your phone number to buy a ticket Okay, you have to give your personal cell phone information. Yes. And during the movie, you meet Psycho Manus and they have it set up where all of you, everyone in the theater, all of their phone numbers are programmed in. Yes. He, you know, obviously cell phones going off of the theater sucks, but just this one time, it'd be really cool. Everybody's cell phone in the theater goes off at the same time. And you get like a, you get like a text, you get like a text message from Psycho Manus. Yes. I love it. I love it. Or they like ask for your ID when you buy a ticket because it's rated R, and they're like, "Yo," and you, you're like, "Yo, I'm 40." They're like, "No, we're we're IDing everyone." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they give out free headbands with every ticket, dude. You have to wear oh, a headband. They give you the headbands, but there's something in the headband that messes with Psychomantis. What would that so be? Like, they put like drugs in your headband or some shit. Is some like saying? Mad Hatter shit. <laughs> oh my god. I just like they got to do something fun with that. They'll fight. do something, but it, it's not going to be like you interacting with yeah. it. And, and just just like you saying, Ben, like that's game thing only. Yeah, just the story going for the throat. It was also like a video game, a, a movie becoming a. It was like the other way around, you know. A yeah. movie became a video game. Which right. is Metal Gear, you know? That was so exciting. It was like, it's like, dude, I'm playing like this cinematic movie. Yeah. But like the other way around, like this game becoming a movie, they need to do something different because now we've, we've seen so many, you know? We just got Assassin's Creed a while ago. and I still haven't seen like, that. It, it's wholly forgettable. Yeah. They, they, did, they did the thing where they try to show you someone in the universe that's not part of the games, but like, yeah. I, I, I just... Well, it, is it is it wrong of me to expect or want a gimmick from a Metal Gear movie? I don't. I again. I I think you can do this stuff and it's fine. But I want to focus in on the Psycho Manus fight because <laughs> this is really important. Yeah. If Psycho Manus was just gimmicks, I think it would still be memorable because that's how good the gimmicks were. That mm-hmm. is not why I love Psycho Manus. The reason I love Psycho Manus is after the fight is over, and he tells you about his life. And he's dying in your arms. And he has that one moment where he says at the end, I finally did something good. 
you know, and, and how it feels like it is, it is incredibly emotional. It humanizes this guy who's reading your memory card. Like it, he becomes a person in that moment. That's why it's so good. If they just take that story, like I already know that, like it's not, it's not emotional anymore because I've already seen that transformation happen. So I, and I think that is the issue is, you know, you talk about these, these gimmicky fights and they're all over the place, but there's, there's a storyline and a character at, at the best of times underpinning it. And that's way more interesting to me, you know, like sniper yeah. wolf is interesting to me because of where she comes from and, and, and how she gets involved with the characters. Um, not just because of, of the gimmick of the fight. Yeah. And either way. Yeah. So, exciting. Like I wonder, you I, know, to see solid snake on, on the big screen. Well, it, if who knows, it'll even be a theater experience, you know, when this is coming out. Uh, if it's a home release, I feel like it'd be easier to do some kind of bandersnatch slash psycho mantis man, that trickery. Would be really cool. You know, if it's a Netflix yeah. or an Amazon type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Would you be okay if they're like, hey, we're going to do Metal Gear Solid, but it's like new Metal Gear Solid where this is it. You're going to go to Shadow Moses, but like every member of Fox Sound is different <coughs> or hmm. or like this is a different Solid Snake with maybe a different storyline. Right. So it's not Cyper Wolf, Psycho Menace. It's like completely new characters that they made up. Still, you know, like yeah. parallels. I think they might do something like that where it's kind of its own thing, but it follows on the same structure of Metal Gear Solid specifically. You know what else they could do that just popped in my brain? Decoy Octopus. Now there's, you got plenty of room to work with. I'll say. <laughs> Decoy Octopus. Decoy Octopus, dude. <laughs> what if the first 10 minutes of the movie is Snake only and the rest is Raiden? Just someone else being Raiden. <laughs> Riding already, dude? That'd be crazy. Gotcha, dude. <laughs> Those expectations. Yeah. Honestly. What if it's actually Big Boss and it's Snake Eater time? Yeah. Time will tell. Time will tell. Either way, I'm glad that, that Vaught Roberts is doing it. Again, he, he's been championing this for a long time. This has been like... You know, this isn't just some like, hey, we're making a Metal Gear movie. Like he, I've seen so many things over the last year or two where he's been talking about wanting to do this. Yeah, badly. Like when he, when he was promoting Kong Skull Island, I remember like him hyping up Metal Gear, and it's like his favorite game of all time. You know, dude. For so for all my whining, like I can't wait. Like I'm gonna be yeah. fucking jumping up and down the day that yeah. the movie comes out. Like. I only bring this up as a conversation and I only like theorize and speculate and complain because I care so much. You know, that's, well, that's because, where it's coming from. And because the adaptations have been so trash. Like really, <laughs> how many good video game film yeah. TV shows are there? There's not a not lot. Many. Like Resident Evil is one of the good ones and they're not good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think even calling it one of the good ones is... Like they made just they just There's made a lot of truckloads of money. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it it survived seven or eight movies or however many there are. Like same, it's Fast and Furious energy, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, I uh, speaking of adaptations, I just recently watched because it was on Netflix. The I'd never seen it. Silent Hill Revelation, the second Silent Hill movie. Yeah, I, I don't know if I ever saw. Yeah, it's, you don't need shit. to. You don't need to. It's oh, okay. pretty fucking bad. <laughs> 
first one was sick. I remember. Great. The first one was fun Decent. watching in the theater. Yeah. You have that skin fucking, rip. The skin rip, dude. It's all about. When you think of the Silent Hill movie, that is just this is the rip. first thing you think of is the skin yes. rip every time. It's the only thing I remember, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Skin rip. God damn it. It's a good fatality, dude. Yeah. If they ever put mm-hmm. him in Mortal Kombat. Ed yeah. Boon, dude, there it is. Well, Just he's copy that. He's in Dead by Daylight, and it's kind of disappointing that it's not a skin rip. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, are we ready for some emails? Yeah, yeah. Wait. Yeah. Best video game adaptation, though. What do you guys think? For me, it's Mortal Kombat, hands down, easily. It's not even oh, a question. For me, it's Castlevania. I think it's Castlevania, Castlevania followed by Witcher. Witcher, great pick, great yeah. pick. <laughs> Forgot that existed for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't think the Witcher adaptation is like perfect, but I think it's pretty good. Hmm. Um, it's good enough that I'll watch it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Don't fucking watch the Dragon's Dogma adaptation. I watched like three episodes and I it's kind of bored. Mm-hmm. It's just like I don't really want to know. Really fucking care. trash. That's my official review. All right. Uh, our first email comes in from Graham Gabrielson. I said that weird. Graham Gabrielson. Maybe that's even weirder. Uh, hey, Ben and Allies. <laughs> so I recently got back into Hollow Knight. I had played through it a couple of years back, but wanted to see if I could finally clear the God Home DLC. As I'm reaching the end game now, I can't help but feel like Hollow Knight is the first Metroidvania game to truly push the genre forward since the original Super Metroid and Castlevania Symphony of the Night. The way in which it combines the progression and traversal of these earlier games with difficulty reminiscent of Mega Man, Mega Man X, and early Castlevania adds in a rich lore of Soulsborne and wraps it all into a unique, cohesive, and captivating world is truly an achievement. While it has taken 20 years, in my mind at least, the Metroidvania genre has a new best of all time. This has got me to wonder about other genre of games. Do you feel as though there are any genres that have stagnated or have been unable to match prior landmark entries? Or are there any recent examples of games you feel that have truly surpassed the greats of years past? Thanks for all you do, and as always, stay easy. I feel like The Witcher mm. changed. Mm. Witcher In 3. What, Witcher 3, sorry. Yeah, open world RPGs. I feel like The Witcher 3 sure. changed. changed. I also it, feel yeah. like Breath of the Wild kind of uh, did open world exploration mm-hmm. better than most as well. Yeah, it's hard for me to like yeah, say hard to pinpoint. games where I'm like, this is the best mm-hmm. at it, period, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know if I would go as far as to say, like, all-time best, but some examples... Because the the problem, and I think what this email is pointing to, and I totally agree with, you get a lot of throwbacks, but they just try to recapture something that already existed, whereas I totally mm-hmm. agree with the point on Hollow Knight, where it does wear all of its inspirations on its sleeves, but it combines them in a in a way that doesn't make it feel Works like it's well. just trying yeah. to copy what came before. I think two good examples of games that do this really well Doom. are Doom 2016 and Doom, you are reading my mind, and Doom Eternal, where obviously they're in some sense trying to capture what was good about Doom in the past, but they don't stop there. They really go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, another good example, I think, is Divinity Original Sin 2, uh, where it is definitely from the, the lineage of classic CRPGs, but it doesn't just stop there. It really... I think both mechanically and and just like how it uses its world, really trying to push things forward in that genre. Mm-hmm. 
Sick for sure. Yeah, Desperados three also oh, this nice. year. Just yeah, like a nice. Like it didn't reinvent the genre, but it made it, you know, just a modern refresh. Like it was very accessible, really accessible to get into Desperados 3 because those games can be pretty unforgiving, pretty hardcore. What I do think reinvented the genre along those lines, I think XCOM 2012, like has changed strategy games like forever. And and now game strategy games draw so much Mm -hmm. from that game. Yeah. Definitely. Fortnite changed to online gaming as a whole forever. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in a in a lot of ways, but yeah, like battle passes are everywhere now. For mm-hmm. sure. Good stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, our next email comes in from Umer. Hey, Ben Pine allies. I recently picked up 13 Sentinels on sale despite knowing nothing about Sick. it besides it has mechs, kaijus, and high school life in 1980s Japan. I was completely blown away by the narrative and characters. It weaves such a complex story, but since it was so incredibly told through the eyes of its characters, it never felt overbearing. It's probably one of my favorite sci-fi narratives in games ever. My question to you guys is when is the last time you picked up a game you had never heard of before and were just completely blown away? Uh, probably Desperados three. You know, it's our think... it's our job, so um, yeah. I don't want to sound like cocky or I don't, know, I don't want this to come off wrong, but like it's our job to know what's coming out. So like, it's hard for a game to come out of nowhere. Like mm-hmm. even Fall Guys, we played like before it was released. You know, it's really hard for a game to come out of nowhere and just... Yeah, I get Maybe Fortnite, shit. Mm. Maybe Fortnite, because I was not expecting to like it, and then I... Now uh, I'm so I remember... Uh-huh. I guess Overwatch was a game like that, where it just kind of came out of, like... When you guys first played it, when yeah. it got announced at BlizzCon, you guys were like, whoa, this game's crazy good already. Yeah. Um, I'm really happy that this email shout out, shouted out 13 Sentinels, because um, I pretty much feel the same way that this question asker does, uh, where, like... You know, obviously, I, I I had some expectation because it was vanillaware and that was cool, and I knew it was going to be gorgeous and that it featured mechs, which is obviously appealing to me, um, and that it was going to combine sort of visual novel storytelling with real time strategy battles. But really, you have no idea what that game is until you play it, and so it, right. it felt like I was pretty much going in blind, and it really blew me away. Um, Half Life Alex, I would say, definitely mm, conjured those nice. feelings. I don't think you really understand that game until you play it. What else? No, there was something else, man. Oh, Genshin Impact, uh, I think, is a hmm. game that really surprised me, and I wasn't sure what to expect going into it. Um, I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I was. That's a good one to pick. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't expecting to be obsessed with Melody of Memory. <laughs> That's true. I was like, oh, this will be... No. I was not expecting I, that either. I was like, this will be cool. No. This will be fine. No, and no, now no. I'm obsessed. No. This is goading no, material. No, <laughs> wrong. This is not accurate. Because I've, there have been like multiple times I've been with you. You were freaking out about Melody of Memory before you played it. You were so excited. You can't. I was. Yes, you were like, I'm playing this tonight. I can't wait. My, you said multiple times, most anticipated game. You're right. You're right. No, you're right. no, no, no. This is not coming out of me. nowhere. You got, got him, dude. dude. You got me. You got him. You made you the pedestal me. that this thing stands on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, our last email <laughs> comes in from uh, v- oh, I'm going to fuck up this name. I'm sorry. Ville Marcus I can't even pronounce that last name. I'm sorry. Nothing against v. you. I just have v no idea. V has come to. V has come to. He ends the email with VMN, so we can maybe use that. Uh, again, nothing personal. Um, like many others, I didn't manage to get a PS5 just yet, which means that I've spent even more time consuming all things related to the new generation consoles. I devoured Easy Allies impressions and discussion, and when content creators were finally allowed to talk about the DualSense, my anticipation became unbearable. Many of the Allies and other reviewers said that they weren't honestly expecting much from the new controller, but goddamn, the moment they got their hands on the controller, everything changed. You could feel everything you were doing, where you were walking, and the triggers were amazing. The controller was hailed as the one thing that made PS5 stand out as something new, and that's not to say that there weren't a lot of things already packed in the console. It felt mind-blowing to hear all that, and I can't wait to try it, especially when everyth- everyone was confused, has confused not thinking much about it. Excuse me, especially when everyone has confessed not thinking much about it and how you can't really describe what it feels like before you try it. And it still is so great that many laughed how they didn't know if they ever wanted to go back to old controllers anymore. It sounded so great when I first heard that AC Valhalla wouldn't use wouldn't use DualSense, I was left disappointed. A bit later, when the reviews started to roll out, I was eager to hear how the controller was used and how it changed the experience while playing the game, that it truly utilized the controller, and I got nothing. It wasn't just that the Easy Allies reviews barely mentioned controller. Most of the PS5 game reviews don't seem to acknowledge the new controller at all, whether that is for Demon's Souls, Spider-Man, or Sackboy. Yet people still talk about it outside of game reviews, whether that is in articles or Reddit. It's just that none of the game reviews or even Frame Trap discussions seem to talk about it. As reviewers and those lucky few have the opportunity to try it why do you think that is is it that revolutionary or not if it is why not mention it what do you think about the controller now that you've used it for a time is it lackluster that some ps5 games use it and others not or is it just a gimmick uh i think it's definitely more noticeable in some games compared to the others Hmm. like if we reviewed astrobot or something like that we talked about impressions but i would talk about the controller a lot because it's heavily featured in central yeah but, like, in my experience in Demon's Souls, it's, like, kind of. Like, I don't notice it as much on that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the coolest thing was when you put fire on your weapon. You can feel it kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, that's, like, but, yeah. I think in some games, it's definitely he- more featured than others. Yeah, and Valhalla I reviewed on Xbox. So, obviously, didn't so there you go, yeah. mention, mention that because we did the Xbox review. Um. So I think this has to come... This isn't even a slight against the DualSense because I actually do think it is really cool and really awesome to experience. But it has to do with the way video games work as a medium where unlike something like a movie where you're there for you know an hour and a half, two hours, maybe three hours, in a video game, you're spending so much dozens of hours often is the case and you just, you just get used to it. It's not mm-hmm. that it isn't good or isn't effective... But because you're spending so much time with it, you just kind of get to a point where you don't think about it anymore. And that doesn't just have to do with DualSense. Like, it has to do with just, like, controllers in general or keyboard and mouse. Like, when you're playing a game, like, you don't – you get to a point where you're not really thinking about the buttons that you're hitting anymore. Like, when you need Mm -hmm. to aim, you don't think about pressing the L2. You just do it. It becomes instinctive. It's like an extension of yourself. And so I think – that nature has a lot to do with it. And I think even about like 
even something like 3DS. Like I remember reviews early on, like always making a point to go into detail about 3D. And yes, it did become less utilized over time. But I also think just as we got more used to things, reviews mentioned it less and less. And you, you focus on the things I think that are more <sighs> central to the game, right? Like if, if the game uses the dual sense, well, it's not that that isn't worth noting. It probably is, but it's, probably less essential than how good the combat is or how effective the storytelling is that sort of Mm -hmm. thing yeah it hasn't like been something for the games i reviewed where i felt it was dramatic enough that i actually needed to bring it up sure yeah call of duty just some of the guns i actually truly like the implementation of it in call of duty the shooting uh the resistance that's there the resistance on the trigger yeah yeah it's pretty cool yeah but yeah i think that's why um but hey that would actually be a good thing to get feedback on you know if people, totally. people want people... i'm gonna take a note of it yeah i Straight I, up. I thought it was a, a really interesting email and a good question to bring mm-hmm. up but that is gonna do it for frame trap uh thank you so much to to bradley ellis and michael huber chill as always um, and thank you all so much for watching listening whatever you're doing if you want to send an email to frame trap the address is ask easy allies at gmail.com again that is ask easy allies at gmail.com it'll also be in the uh description of wherever you're watching or listening to this hopefully um and yeah until next time